The following program is intended for mature audiences. Everybody, it's Sports and Beer with Friends, Episode 7. You know, it's been a while since we've been on the air. Uh, we took a little hiatus. Steve uh, had a birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. And also took a huge trip to Japan. Although from here in Hilo, Hawaii, it's not as big a trip if you're on the West Coast or East Coast of the United States. But uh, he took a trip to Japan and did a lot of really great things, and we're all pretty jealous. Uh, Mike, of course, is with us, too. My name is Tom. Before we get too much farther, I do want to remind you that if you are looking for uh, uh, financial advice, you should call our friend Matt Avendo. Uh, regarding retirement planning, investments, and life insurance, contact Matt today and receive your complimentary planning analysis. You can call Matt at 315-671-1864 and he will hook you up for your financial future. And if you'd like to uh, get in contact with us, you can uh, email the show. It is sportsbeershow at gmail.com. Uh, so Steve, tell us about Japan. How much fun did you have? What did you do? What was great? Uh, we had a lot of fun and we ate. <laughs> Eat a lot. Well, it's always the best thing to do when you're traveling, right? I mean, you want to check out the local cuisine and all that stuff, which here in Hawaii, we do have a, a definite Japanese flair to our food. However, I don't think it's quite as hardcore Japanese as what you get when you're in the yeah, islands really of Japan. Authentic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> living seafood, yeah. And speaking of authentic, Steve did go to two, not one, but two Japan League baseball games yes. while he was there. Yes, yeah. preseason games. However, uh, you, you'd never think. I mean, it's... Uh, um, they're very spirited. I mean, we went to uh, <coughs> probably was what, maybe the uh, the third or second to the last preseason preseason game that the uh, the Yomiuri Giants had. Right. If you're yeah. unfamiliar with with Japan, Japanese league baseball, the the Yomiuri the Tokyo Yomiuri Giants are basically the New York Yankees yes, yeah. of Japan. But go ahead, yeah. Biggest fan base, um, but you know, and the most storied history, most championships. Yes. However, um, yeah, you would never think it was a preseason game. You'd swear it was somewhere in the middle of the playoff. You know, of the playoffs. Right. That spirit. Well, it's pa- the passion for the game. Like I was, I was, we were talking about it earlier. I think it's kind of really equivalent to like European football. Yeah. The team, people, they live and die with the club, whether it's preseason, regular season, postseason, exhibition. If they're playing a team from uh, of all stars from the United States, or they're or they're playing against you know the Chiba Latte Marines, which is what you got to see them against, which is great, right? I mean, uh, so yeah, uh, we watched the yeah. It was it was the Giants and uh, Marines, and Giants actually lost the game. Right, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it was it was just it was great and good great fun bath, for sure. Great atmosphere, and you can bring your own beer. Yes, how's that? How is that? I was going to ask you if the beer and the the food was as expensive as it is in state. No, it's not. Yeah, even like the you know beer that you bought, which is a girl that's toting a you know a, a backpack full of uh, draft beer, and she's pouring it like in your cup while you're sitting. Down. Like she's got a Camelback on, like a Camelback. Yeah, 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 nice. That's, that's awesome. Like five bucks US. I mean, it's just yeah, it's great. 
killer because I'm telling you right now, you can get a you can get a shock top at Yankee Stadium for thirteen bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's a big beer, but still, it's it's definitely it's expensive. It's a big enough thirteen dollars. I should get an IV. For the whole no, thing. no, you're right. No, thirteen dollars. They should bring you a thirty rack <laughs> at, my, at my seat. But uh, the thirty the thirteen dollar beer at Yankee Stadium, I believe, is like a twenty two ounce. Yeah, something like that. It's not twenty. It's a, eh, maybe it's more like I don't so. Know. As a kid. I drank 40s. That's Word. 40 ounces of Word. beer. Those were 89 cents. I was going to say, dollar and a quarter for right. OE, baby. I was drinking cold, <laughs> honey. Right. A little St. Ives. <laughs> a little Old English. You know, it was there. Word. Word. Um, actually, in college, uh, I lived in a... I, I was in a fraternity. I lived in a fraternity house, and Sunday mornings were the best because you just go around the house, pick up all the beer cans, and go buy a 40. Yeah. Yeah, hang really? out, crack it, hang out on the on the stoop all day. It was great stuff. All right, so anyway, so so Steve had a great, and you also went and saw the Hiroshima carp, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, and those, really uh, you know, paid nine bucks each to get in there. There were probably, you know, a few thousand people, but, you know, uh, again, so, so spirited. I mean, right. you just swear the stadium was full. The whole community is, I mean, basically, if you're from Hiroshima, it's carp. They, they love their carp. It's the carp. They're, they're, that's oh, hilarious that yeah. the Carp is the name of the team. Like, yeah. Well, that's not the best team. The, the best team name uh, was is the Oryx. There's the Oryx Blue Wave, but what's the the city with the ham fighters? Uh, um, it's uh, Anyway, one of the teams yeah. in Japanese League Base, the mascot is the ham fighters. I've fought a ham or two in my you, game. I usually <laughs> win. Well, next Sunday's Eastern. I bet you Mike's got a scheduled, bout, a, a scheduled bout against a ham. You I'm going to deliver a TKO. I... <laughs> It may be a simultaneous TKO. <laughs> Who did, was it? Ichiro played for the Oryx Blue Wave, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're from the North Island, Hokkaido. Yes. That's where the uh, Ham Fighters. Okay. The Hokkaido yeah. Ham Fighters? Hokkaido yeah. Ham Hokkaido Fighters. Hokkaido is like uh, off the beaten path, not big cities, right? Well, like, it's like the, like the Big Island guy. Well, no, it's uh, it's more like uh, the northeast. Right, it's not it's not Okinawa. Okinawa is kind of like uh, oh, it's, it's, like, it's like southwest. It's totally yeah. out, yeah. That's way down, way kind of like. So this is like the, remote. This is cold country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's like right now it's freezing. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where was the winter Olympic? Nagano. Nagano's got to be close to that area, right? Um, it's actually no. No, Nagano's more in the mountains, right? Yeah, it's kind of okay. Because I all I remember well, is Kaido these, is one of the islands. Right, yeah. but Nagano, the city. I all I remember from that Winter Olympics was constantly they're cutting away to a commercial or coming back from commercial, and they're showing the hot springs with the monkeys in them, like the the Japanese snow monkeys yeah. that hang out in the hot springs all the time, which was really cool. But anyway, so good on you uh, and welcome back and thanks well, for coming thank back because <laughs> I know it was kind of hard to get out of there. The food apparently was very great, and I know Steve was looking at me like, so how much would it, can I make this work? Can I get here <laughs> and stay here? But you got to be able to get sponsored and get yourself a work visa to stay, and apparently you cannot be 50. <laughs> Well, that's Australia. That's Australia. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. If you're 50, like, nah, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you passed it already. Sorry, sorry. We're not going to put you on the social security in another 10 years. You can retire at 55 here in Australia, so no, no thanks, mate. Right. Have a good one. <laughs> so anyway, so lots of good stuff in sports going on right now. We we were off during the NCAA tournament, which, uh, wow, what a great tournament. I mean, it was Actually, really, really good. You know what? The the first couple rounds of the tournament, which are the generally the highlight, kind of Absolutely. sucked this year. For this year. Because basically all the favorites won. Yeah. And you had um, – you didn't have the, the really interesting upsets that you will typically have. Right. 
Um, but what you did have, and what, what that will work out to in the NCAAs is the later games are really, really good because you have the Blue Bloods facing each other, and that's what you really want out of the tournament. In my yes. Opinion. No, for sure you do. Listen, from my standpoint, I talked about this with Mike, and I, you weren't here, so I didn't get a chance to really talk about it. This was one of my best brackets ever, and the reason being is because there weren't a lot of, of, of upsets. Yeah. And the, the bracket you lost, everyone lost because no one had South Carolina. No one had South Carolina, and everyone either had Nova or Duke, and they both went out in the same round. So, but the thing is with it, and like like you were saying, uh, the upsets. There weren't a lot of upsets this year. And here's what here's my philosophy on picking a bracket in the NCAA's is in the first round or two, you got to pick some really crazy upsets. Yep. But when you're getting to the Sweet 16, the uh, past the Sweet 16, yeah. to the Elite Eight, if you're not picking the Kentuckys and the Kansases and the North Carolinas and the Dukes, you're probably not going to be picking up a lot of points. Yeah. Because that's when those teams, the Blue Bloods, they really start to win their games. Now, I have almost never picked a mid-major to go to the NCAA Final Four. Now... I picked Gonzaga this year. However, I don't consider Gonzaga them a tradition. Right, they play in a mid-major conference, but they're not a mid-major program. They recruit internationally. Right. And I mean, they're players yeah. from you know all over the country, all over the world, <laughs> both hemispheres, Correct. north and south, east and west. You know, exactly. Countries. They are a national program. They're an international program. Mark Few is a fantastic coach. He actually has the highest win percentage of any coach in NCAA's currently right now. Right, any active coach in the NCAA. Well, and it's like eighty-two percent win percentage. And he doesn't. I mean, it, I, people not Gonzaga's schedule, but at some point you have to play the WCC. I was just going to say you can only play so many out of conference games, and your conference sucks. And right, you got St. Mary's got, and nobody. St. Mary's is like a borderline top twenty-five or top fifty right. school on a year. A decent, basis. decent program, but really not in your level. And you might every. Every couple of years, have somebody step up that has you know a transcendent player, where a Pepperdine or BYU or something has a really good season. But there's no you know right there. It's like when Syracuse plays the Cornells and the Colgates of the world. It's just it sucks. November, December in Syracuse, where they don't leave the state of New York until January, and that's to play. I don't know. Well, it used to be Rutgers. They go to Rutgers. Well, <laughs> usually when, when Syracuse will leave town is to play in something like the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Or the Maui, or the Maui Invitational right. or the Bahamas Tournament or something like that. Right. Um, they'll usually play in one of those early season tournaments. But this year it just so happened the tournaments they played in were also in Madison Square Garden in right. Brooklyn. Which is basically their second home. Yeah. They yeah. lost all those games, so whatever. That's why they weren't. Uh, hey, the look, the, the, the team itself was not great, but that's okay. Big news, actually, uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, Wichita State is leaving yeah. their conference. Yeah. And going to the American Athletic Conference, which is actually a really good basketball conference. It is. UConn. So one of the great follows on Twitter SMU. is... Uh, Hoya Sexa? No, it's <laughs> is We Take the Stairs, who is used to be the main blogger for UConn. Okay. You know, like like Noon's Magician is for some yes, right? Yes. Due to sense, like, retired from that spot or whatever. But he's still the best follow on Twitter. Okay. And he hates Syracuse and he hates Georgetown. Of course. And, and he, he constantly, you know, like his quote on his Twitter is, Tyler Olander still has more championships than Jim Beheim. Which I hate but can appreciate. Right. And so uh, his thing with Wichita coming is they're Greg Marshall away from being just a shit pile. Yeah, oh, like, no, for sure. He's like, do we really want another Tulsa? And then the comments on the threads are great because the people are like, you do realize Tulsa has more AAC wins than UConn since UConn. Oh, yes! Pay. Yes! <laughs> uh, but, and I'll tell you this too, uh, Wichita State is not the same team without Ron Baker. 
Well, they had Van Fleet, they had yeah. Clee Anthony early, they had NBA players. On no, for sure. And like that, Ron Baker is actually getting minutes with the Knicks now. Yeah, and like, all those guys got drafted. Oh yeah, for know? sure. Really good, really, really good squad, and a good coach. That coach is good. Yep. Is it uh, uh, just basketball, or well, they come for all sports, but Wichita State does not have a Division One football team, right? Uh, so they're going to be baseball. yeah. Uh, if AAC yeah. gets them in baseball, that's huge because Wichita yeah. State is a huge baseball program. I was not aware. Really, really good. Yeah. Hey, Cheyenne, have a great night. Enjoy the night market at UH Hilo. Thanks. All right, bye. So anyway, my daughter's leaving. She's out of here. She's she's gonna be twenty soon. I'm so fucking old. I agree. Okay. Anyway, as long as everyone's in agreement. Also, Patrick Ewing got hired as the head coach of Georgetown. I'm really happy about that because there's no way he can recruit. The kids coming to college. It's not his fault. The kids coming to college nowadays don't even know who Who? Patrick Ewing is. Are you Patrick Ewing Jr.'s dad? Who wasn't good, so they don't know who he was. (laughs) Listen, Pat. Oh, first of all, they could be like, "God damn, you're a tall coach." Yeah. Because he's he's the tallest head coach in Division One. I I guarantee. (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Listen, it's not Pat Ewing's fault if he can't recruit at Georgetown. They have no facilities. Yeah. They have, they have le- a lot it's, of- it's like my same philosophy with Syracuse football and, and Hawaii football, for that matter. The yeah. facilities are substandard. You're never going to – if you're a team like Syracuse or Hawaii or any other number of teams that are kind of fringe teams, yeah. you've got to wow kids That's to get them to go That's why the basketball there. program at Syracuse can continue to recruit at a high level because if you've been in the mellow center, oh my God, Steve. it's – State it's a shrine, shrine to Syracuse basketball with indoor courts, just everything you would ever want. State of the art weightlifting and training facilities. Mike and I have both had the great pleasure yeah. of playing basketball on the courts at yeah. the Mellow Center. It's awesome. It is unbelievable. Carmelo Anthony, he, he donated three million dollars, a ton of money, and just they, they he that facility is amazing. The funny thing with Mellow too is like Syracuse owes you money. Word. You know what I mean? Word. <laughs> and the thing is, too, here's the other thing, and this and this is not to get off on a Syracuse sports fan. This is the thing I've said to people in Syracuse for a million years, ever since I've ever been there. The Carrier Dome is a piece of shit. Yeah. It needs to go. Yep. And the basketball program deserves the twenty five thousand deserves their own arena. A KFC young. They center. carry your sports programs, yeah. and you make them play in a fucking football stadium. And buy some land that's where people can get to it. Hello, and make some parking. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if you go to a Carrier Dome game, the best place, to, best thing to do is park, park at Skytop yeah. and take a bus. Yeah, we always park on Marshall Street. Or we Marshall Street, You have to show Street, up right. an hour and a half early yeah. to the game and then go eat down in Marshall Street, which is what you want to do anyway. But if you've got to work till 5, 6, 7 yeah. o'clock and the game starts at 7.30, you better park your ass at Skytop and take the bus because yeah. you're never going to get there on time, yeah. ever. And plus, on the top of a hill in winter, <coughs> you're walking through snow. So and, works. You know. But anyway, the SU basketball team deserves there. their own arena, yeah. the Bayheim Center. Yeah. And the football team should have an outdoor stadium. Yeah. Because you're giving away your home field advantage by not making teams from Florida come play you in the fucking freezing <laughs> cold in November. God damn it. Yeah. Come play in the snow. All right, let's talk about golf. The Masters are going on. Dustin Johnson had to withdraw with a back injury. He wow. says it's because he fell on the stairs in his rental home. I think he threw it out having sex with Paulina. <laughs> but that's just my opinion because that's how I would have done it. He's still yeah. winning. He's still winning. He's still. I would, I would say if that's how he hurt himself, he probably would just announce it to the world. I'm good. I, dude, I was – you should have seen – I was, seen, I you was so <laughs> far in there. <laughs> you should have seen this move I threw on Paulina last night. I swear to you, I can't play this week for sure because I threw my back out so hard and busted a knot so deep. <laughs> so I won the Masters. <laughs> and 
I never even took a swing, baby. All right, yeah. So Dustin is out. It's been a great tournament. This thing has been great. It was Charlie, so hard for two rounds. Well, yeah. Okay, because of the weather, the wind. Charlie Hoffman, who's a nobody out of El- Las Vegas. Not a nobody. He's finished ninth at the Masters before, by Here, the way. Here's the thing with golf. That if you don't follow golf that much, you, you may not realize kind of how it works. People make the cut, and those people get paid. So if you make it through the first two days, now you get paid. And in the Masters, Word. if you make the cut, you get paid. That's money, bro. You're making a bunch of money. Someone so asked me the other day. A guy like him, who's a marginal dude... Who wins these smaller events and stuff? Making the cut at the Masters Word. is money. That's my year. He yeah. just made his year. Yeah. And to tell you who he is, okay, he's a little portly, kind of built like me, okay. But that's okay. You're a golfer. You don't need to be super athletic. He's got his. Uh, uh, literally, he is Roy McAvoy. He's got a he's got a trucker hat with a Waystream Management logo on yeah. it. And it basically, he is. If you've ever seen Tin Cup, he's Roy Tin Cup McAvoy, and he's out here and he's doing it. He was he was up, uh, dude. He had a huge first round, nine yeah. birdies, two bogeys, he was seven five out, of, five out of the field, or something. right? Exactly. And then he came back. Now your leaderboard is Justin Rose and Sergio Garcia at the top. Ricky Fowler one stroke back, and Jordan Spieth a stroke back of that. This Sunday is going to be amazing. If you, I hope Sergio shoots eighty four. I don't. I hope Sergio. I I hope either Sergio or Ricky win. I would love to see Ricky Fowler win. Yeah, I like. Listen, I'd be I would okay love with to see Spieth, Sergio. I'd be, any of these. Yeah. Guys. Well, Spieth, not- Spieth is my favorite golfer. Like I love this kid. I think first of all, what's he? Twenty four. He's got two majors. What the hell, dude? You, know, you never the the thing with golf is forever they're looking for the next Jack Nicholas. They found Tiger, now they're looking for the next Tiger. It's like just like guys. But it was Jordan Spieth, and then he kind of fell off. Well, the he didn't have a great year last year, right? But it was Rory McIlroy before that, yeah. and it was. It's funny because I have Royal the PGA Tour golf game from EA Sports, Royal McIlroy, and do they talk about the rivalry between Rory and Tiger? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude? Yeah. What right? When have they ever been the closest thing? You have they ever been relevant at the same time? I would have. I, David Duval was really good when he was young. Uh, and, right, and, and they Mickelson tried to make Sergio the Mickelson the, throughout his career. That's the closest thing to a rivalry yeah. they've ever had is Mickelson and Tiger. And Mickelson couldn't carry Tiger's jock when but, yeah. when Tiger was good. He was so much better than everybody else. There were no rivals. Yeah. His rivals were Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. Yeah, it was like the greats. Sam right. Sneed. Sam Sneed was his rival. Yeah. Exactly. Ben Hogan yeah. was, was, was Tiger Woods. Well, I think the only guy that was you know, fairly dominant, like right around the time Tiger came out, was maybe VJ. VJ, or maybe Ernie Els. Ernie Els is the other yeah. one. He's right there. VJ and Ernie, I think, are very similar players. VJ had like two or three just spectacular seasons. Well, VJ isn't a. He's like, to me, he's like. Okay, you know Fred Couples, okay? To me, VJ's like a better version of Fred Couples. Fred he's, Couples, who also made the cut at this Masters. R- correct, yeah. and, and was this in contention Masters. up until today. And and Fred Couples is 59 years old. Yeah. Okay, 57, 59, something like that. But he's he's an assassin. DJ Singh is an assassin. Like, he'll play great, but when the money's on the line, oh, there's money. Oh, <laughs> we're playing for money. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fred Couples, like I, I always said, when I was watching a Skins game and Fred Couples is in it, I'm telling you, Fred Couples is winning the most Skins because there's money on every hole. <laughs> money, I can win money right now. Right now. All right. Not four days from now, but right now. Okay, let's do this. And that's who Fred Couples is. But so the, tomorrow, we're, we're recording on a Saturday night, and you will, by the time you hear this, you will know who the Masters champion is. I'm telling you, I think tomorrow's going to be an epic final round of the Masters. I think it's going to be one of the better ones you've seen in a long time. And, and I, Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Spieth. I think Spieth's going to win it. 
I think he's been playing really. I think he, he didn't play really well in the first round. Yesterday, he kind of got it together. Today, he played really, really. He hit that putt. He hit the. It was like a forty-four foot putt for birdie to get him to two or three under. I mean, that putt was epic. And when he's hitting those kind of putts, he's really hard to beat. And he can hit those kind of putts. Yeah, I think I think my favorite is going to be tomorrow. Who, who I really want to win is Fowler. Yeah, I, I'll yeah, root for Fowler I'm too. I mean, but he's just going to catapult his career. I if mean, Spieth, he's just be, if he's actually like such a young, cool guy. If any of the top four win, Rose, Spieth, Fowler, or Garcia, I'm going to be fine with it because Garcia, you're going to get a guy who's finally over the hump. This is his 73rd, either either 73rd or 74th major, which means he's every major for like 18 and yes. a half years. And he's never won. Never won. And he's been in contention in a, a ton bunch of, of them. It's, I want to see him go down in flames again. I, I know you do. It's epic. He's Spanish. He's, he's kind of he's he's douchey <laughs> Spanish. So the thing is, when, <laughs> he's like Pau Gasol, he's just like shorter. He's car- the caricature in a movie like the bad guy in Dodgeball or something. You know like if he had like, a handlebar mustache, yeah. he'd be, it'd be perfect. So yeah. like the thing where he used to like address the ball for a he's minute a bit, and oh waggle God. around. And like I know he doesn't do it as much. When his swing was broken, oh my God. I'll never stop hating him for that. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like other than Charles, other than Charles Barkley's swing, it's the worst thing you'll ever see on a golf course. Is is just fucking. It's Garcia just kind of kind of club fucking a ball for three minutes while he's trying to address, uh, 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 and he can't fucking just can't get there. Awesome. All right, so LPGA last week. Much more fun. Anna International, which is a invitation. I'm sorry, Anna Invitational, which is a major tournament in the yes, LPGA. Yes, the when you say a major, a major, you mean a major. It is a major. Okay. One of the four majors of the LPGA. She, uh, uh, Lexi Thompson, who is a attractive. Let's just put With that. With a name on. like Lexi, you're gonna be hot. I mean, like, you're either. Not Lexi, so. <laughs> it's not Paulina Gretzky attractive. No, well, let's be real here. She, uh, Paulina Gretzky, also is not famous for anything other than being right. Rain Gretzky's daughter and smoking fucking and hot. IG model. Oh my god! Yeah. But Lexi Thompson. I mean, she's six feet tall. She's athletic. She's blonde. I mean, she's got some advertising. Dollars coming in anyway, but she's also a really good golfer, and she had a two was it a two stroke lead on the uh, and it was on the Saturday, and so she wakes up Sunday morning with a two stroke lead, and she's playing the tournament, and when she gets toward I think it's towards the end of the fourth and final round, she finds out she's just been penalized four strokes. Well, it was like thirteen holes because yeah. some jerk off saw her make some kind of a mistake on the it was a TV mis- and it was emailed a, in. Right, a ball that was improperly moved. So she lost two strokes for an improperly placed ball, playing an improperly placed ball, and two more strokes. For not reporting it. No, for signing an in, score. Oh, incorrect, incorrect scorecard. Incorrect score. She lost four strokes. Do you know what happened to her that day, Mike? She lost in a playoff. She had the composure enough to freaking birdie the very next hole. Yes, but so she wait, lost. She, she, the four strokes, she still tied for the lead and went in the playoffs. No, well, no, yes. she was. She was actually uh, after the four stroke penalty, she was behind. Yes, going yeah, came the, back the, and tied it and lost in a playoff. Then I did not see. Okay, I, I heard the premise. Of so, the what are your thoughts about Mister Golf Police? Like, okay, here's the: it's golf. Golf. The penalty is the penalty, and it is what it is. 
But I'm tell I'm saying if oh. there was a Hall of Fame for douchebags, this guy's in. This it. guy is a shoe in first first ballot, ballot. unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like even the baseball writers of America will vote this guy in unanimously. <laughs> yes. Who the fuck are you, dude? Get the fucking oh, Cheeto stains off me, your shirt. Give me this though. What did she do? Like, explain what she actually did, because I didn't see video of what she well, did. Well, I, I didn't see it. Apparently, the ball was placed improperly. Well, she, it, was, it, was, it was on a green. Yes. She went and... Picked she, it up, she, like you're allowed to do. She she put a mark... She she marked the ball. Mm-hmm. Picked it up. Picked it up. Did whatever you do. You Placed clean it. Some grass, you clean the fucking ball. Fucking you clean it. <laughs> and... On a video, and I was saying, in the, in the NFL, it'll be inconclusive. Right, inconclusive. You wouldn't want to prove. At that angle, it looked like that's like maybe she put it maybe two inches, two to three inches, maybe. Yeah, toward the hole, to the way she wanted it. Uh, like, it doesn't matter does, if like, you move it two to three inches further cheated. away from the hole. That's cheating. Yeah, well, I don't even think it was that much. No, it probably was. It really was imperceivable. Yeah. So much so that the people who are fucking watching her on the course don't notice it. They don't like the people playing with her. Right? No, no. Yeah. The officials, I mean, look, you can say, okay, she was off on the side of the fairway and no one could see. She's on the goddamn green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's watching her. Yeah. And no one notices that it's wrong. But, Mr. I'm sorry, I believe that was 1.3 millimeters uh, too far to the left. Yeah. So that'll be four strokes. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, so you probably get that kind of stuff all the time, but it's like, no fucking LPGA goes and enforces that. Well, and I don't know if you saw what the LPGA commissioner said. He's like, I literally had to cry. I, I was so upset for Lexi that I was in tears that night. Dude, because look, it's a rule that has to be enforced, but it's just like... Yeah, but, no, I mean, it doesn't. If no, you, it if does. If you look no, at the video and it's inconclusive as to whether she did it, then it's not has to be. Yeah, but I mean, in what other sport can somebody Golf call is very punitive. in? It's very punitive. Yeah. Exactly. You're not calling in the NBA Finals a uh, LeBron. LeBron tra- traveled travel. in the third quarter at the 432 mark. Can you uh, take those points off the board? Right, but I might be sitting on my couch going, That's a fucking travel! <laughs> what are you doing?! Well, if you're not screaming at the TV that it's a travel in the NBA on the other team four or five times a game, <laughs> you're just not a good fan. I'm, a, you're not it. Well, you're, and then, and then you I just bring, don't like basketball. You don't I bring like up, uh, you know, Armando Colorado, right? Yeah, oh God! Yeah. Hey, okay. hey, where's this guy when I my freaking perfect game? How's it? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds after the call was made, everybody was like, "Oh." Fuck, he fucked up. Oh, my God. Including yeah. the umpire to make a call. He goes into the clubhouse. He sees the video. He comes out and apologizes. I'm yeah. so that And that, the, thing, so the thing is, in that case, someone from Major League Baseball needs to go. That was the last out of the game. It ends the game. Clearly, the dude was out by perfect four game. feet. Right. Like, it's a perfect game. That's an out. But like, someone needs to fix that. Similarly to the rules of golf, that's the governing rules of baseball. The umpire's call is the final word. Yeah, but but it, it, is, that, is that in... But since then... Can you... Are they going to like, okay, well, um, let's listen to this guy that just sent us a right. email. Right. Now, the Armando Galarraga play was a very large part of the reason why we have video review in baseball now. The thing is... If that had never happened, you wouldn't have video review right now. Because at the, the time... in baseball have a very difficult job. And things in baseball, more so than any other sport, it's bang, bang. And the oh, play man. at first base... Although, it like, that play at first base is within a half step probably 15, 20 times. Oh, man. Where literally the ball's hit to the shortstop, the dude runs as fast as he can to first base, and you get him out by half a stop. 
Galarraga, that dude was out oh by my a God. stride. Oh my God! Like, oh my! They don't miss that call ever. Ever? Like, really? Never. They're, when they're off, they're off by a. You get the camera out and was, you look at the thing three no. times and go, "I think he was wrong." Not holy crap! In real time, you missed it by a mile. How did you miss that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, the dead angle was. Well, that's on to our next, very, very next segment. Segment actually, Major League Baseball. We can all give a round of applause. Jeffrey Loria is going to be selling the Marlins. Oh, good. Nice. It's the best thing that's ever happened to baseball and to sports fans in general because Jeffrey Loria is basically a repugnant human being who should not be involved in any public endeavor whatsoever. Too late. He he fucking folded the Montreal Expos, basically, (laughs) and then he went down and plundered South Beach, made them build this ridiculous... Ridiculous fucking stadium, which is the ugliest thing on the face of the planet. This side of Tropicana Field, yeah. or that side of Tropicana Field, whichever you want to look at it. And now he's like, yeah, I'm going to sell it and probably going to make a thousand percent profit on my investment. I'm just and, watching Kevin McHale block shots. In dude, the it's amazing. Right? It's seven. amazing. We're watching. We have on the TV behind me, my 50 inch. We have the uh, the uh, rebroadcast of the 1984 NBA Finals, the Lakers at the Celtics at game Riley. seven. Mick, Mitch Kupchak playing for the Lakers. There's a lot of grease in <laughs> Riley's hair in this game. But anyway, so Jeter wants to buy the Marlins. He has interest. He can afford them. Well, he'd be part of a group, but no, because it's like what? Seriously, like 1.6 billion. Yeah. B-b-b-b. Yeah. For the Marlins, sports franchises have appreciated by about triple <coughs> in the last ten years. So it's like someone realized there's only so many of them. The the uh, right the in 1974 the Steinbrenner group, who it was more than just the Steinbrenner family, but the Steinbrenner group bought the New York Yankees for 74 million dollars. That was an outrageous sum of money. An atrocious sum. <laughs> An atrocious sum for a professional sports the, franchise. The Yankees have got to be worth almost $3 million. I believe they're valued at four and a half. Okay. They're the, they're the second most uh, valuable American sports franchise yeah. and third most in the world. The only, the only uh, two it, that... Like Manchester, Real Madrid? No, uh, yeah, Real Madrid is second. The Cowboys. And the Cowboys are first. Yeah. The Cowboys are the, the most Min- valuable sports franchise in the world. because of the stadium. Part of certainly well, not mainly, but a large certainly part. a large part of it is the yeah. two billion dollar stadium yeah. that they play in. Yes, and they're worth about six billion dollars, and Real Madrid's worth like five. What about Manchester United? Manchester United is like four. They're right behind the Yankees. They're right behind the Yankees. Yeah, the Red Devils. God bless them. But so Jeter's interested in buying the Marlins, and nothing better could happen because the minute he buys the Marlins, they're going to win four championships in a row. <laughs> I'm tell- I'm convinced that Derek Jeter is magic. Do you see what he married? For God's sake! I can't believe he got married, dude. He's a th- okay. You notice how he didn't get married till after he retired from baseball? Weird. No income to split. Weird. Uh, also, no. He's not going to twenty cities a year yeah. as a single guy, <laughs> just banging it out all over the country. <laughs> His hit list is like. Mariah Carey, if there's a Miss Universe woman, 2002. If there's a beautiful Jessica woman in Hollywood, Alba, you're like, you know, I think she Minka might Kelly. be the hottest chick in Hollywood. Jeter's like, yeah. Jeter definitely banged her. Jeter's like, yeah, I fucked her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember watching the DirecTV commercial. Remember when the Genie first came out? DirecTV Genie? Yeah. And the girl that was the, the Genie, like the spokesmodel who was the Genie. And I was like, oh my God. God, what is that? Jeter said the same thing. And, and guess who he's he married to? <laughs> guess who he's fucking married to? She's not even... Dude, she was Hannah Davis then, and it's not even like one of those, like, well, I, I have a professional name. No, no, no. My name is Hannah Jeter. Yeah. 
Yeah, she took his last name, yeah. and and that's now her professional name, Hannah Jeter, because he's like, I cannot possibly make more money on my own name than I can on that name. Yeah, there's no way even close. I'm putting that Jeter on it. <laughs> so if Jeter buys the Marlins, they're gonna win the next four World Series. Who else is in the run? I don't know if anybody else is even interested. Yeah. I mean, other than like, I can imagine there's a couple other major league like teams. Like, I don't want to buy the team. Can I? Can, can I buy John Carlos Stanton? It's not. I just want to buy that guy. Like Wayne Heisinga is not in the run. Oh yet. God, he sold that team 20 years ago. He's like, no, God, no. That only all the blockbuster money is gone, dude. Yeah. Blockbuster's gone. Invited it anyway. <laughs> all right, so NBA, give it a rest. What do you think that's about? Give it a rest. Yeah. Was oh, all the, the, the rest talking? Yeah. Uh, here's what I want to, because Steve and I had a conversation at work. We get to do that a lot. What's your What's your take on the whole resting players in the NBA? Do you even give a shit? I do, and I don't. Okay. I don't. I think they do it a little bit too much. I think that if they really cared about the players, they could just stretch the season out another two weeks and have less back-to-backs and and get away with it that way. And yeah. Give the guys a few more days off during the season, and then give the fans what they are paying for when you buy. Like, you know, I bought tickets to go see LeBron. To specifically to go right. see LeBron. The first time when they went back to Cleveland, the first time the Cavs visited Madison Square Garden to play the Knicks, um, I got tickets. And my tickets sucked. And they were $265 a piece. Yeah, because it's If broken. LeBron had decided he wanted to rest that day, and I drove to New York, got a hotel room for two days, stayed in New York, and made this production to go to this game in the middle of December, like, and then LeBron didn't play, I would have been pissed. Was that earlier this month or late part of March or you know late part of February? There was that Saturday game. And oh my God! No. back to back, Golden, two weeks in a row. Golden State versus the Spurs, and no one played. And the next week was Cleveland I mean, and New York. Sat, I mean, curse at everybody. Yes. yes, and the very next week so Cleveland so played, and and LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. And Love, well, Love was out, but yeah. LeBron and Kyrie both sat. Yep. And J.R. Smith's been hurt, and Love's been hurt, or whatever. So, like, you starting five is gone. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, here's my thing, though. How do you how do you possibly feel like you're going to police this? How are, what it's, are you going to do? It's kind of unpoliceable because the, the the thing you start doing is going. I tweaked uh, whatever. Right. Oh, I got a like I a have slight a, I have a, a slight strain in my calf. I have flu like symptoms. A hammy. Flu like symptoms. Yeah. That's it. So. You can't. You basically can't police it. But it'd be nice if the guys had a little bit of the attitude of these guys in the '80s, where you'd have to drag oh, them off the court. Larry know? Bird's like, not not like, playing. I've got to be hurt so I can't play. Right. Larry and, Bird is in the middle of a like, game, laying on the floor on the sideline, getting treatment on his lower back so he can get the fuck back in the game and score 27 points in the fourth quarter. It's like I like to play basketball. Right. I enjoy, and I have to work. 50, 60 hours a week, and I still find time to play basketball Correct. during the week. Yeah. And, like, to have basketball games be your whole job and then act like you need a day of rest, I don't get it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's well, crazy. It's and probably I, have to be something where, you know, if you're going to miss one game, you got to miss two. Well, that's something that someone said, like, make it like a disabled list. If you're going to miss the one game, you got to take, take the whole week off. Or whatever. The whole week off. We week off in the NBA is like, but again, I, I don't know how you're gonna do, how you're gonna justify that and all that other stuff. So, and, and you know, like we were talking about it, baseball players do it all the time, they, but they also play twice as many games and they play but five I mean, to and, six and games the a week. Isn't as, I mean, you know, 
The major it's not, baseball is not, it's not star driven. If you Correct. bought tickets to go, you know, if you did the same thing I did, like we've done to go see Yankees and stuff like that, um, you know, if one of those guys didn't play, you still got, you know, well, 15 I, other guys. I actually gave Steve an instance. It was nineteen. I think it was nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight. Can't remember which year. I drove three and a half hours to Montreal to watch a Montreal Expos San Francisco Giants game just to see Barry Bonds play. And Barry Bonds did not play. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I know I had a great time. It's Montreal. Listen, if you're in Montreal and you can't have a good time, that's <laughs> on you, buddy. Because Montreal's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and, and the ball game was good. And it was good. But still, I was a little, a, probably a little more than just a little disappointed yeah. that Barry Bonds didn't even yeah. poke his head out of the whole thing. Didn't even poke his fucking head out of the dugout. Come on, man. I drove three and a half hours for this shit. Well, look, you remember we went to see Jeter. He probably heard me yelling so, at him. I'm just saying. We got tickets to go see the Yankees on a day when we thought Jeter might oh. hit his 3,000th hit. Lo and behold, and he went five for he five, five for, the day as before. As we're, we're driving down yeah. on the Saturday, he goes five for five. He needed two hits. He was at 29.98. And he hits the hit in the first inning, and we're like, okay, well, maybe he'll go hitless the rest of the game, you know? No, he, he was, was at 29.95. No, no, no. Yeah, no, he he, his last one was the 3,000th. It wasn't. I'm telling you right now. All right, anyway, anyway. Anyway. So if Jeter had sat out the next game that we went to see, oh my God. it would have really sucked. Which he didn't, by the way, because he to his credit, because you know, he's Derek Jeter and he wants to fucking play. Well, he got standing ovation, obviously, Mr. 3000, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, the whole thing with baseball is, like, they can, like, you know, they can show up physically, but just go over five and commit two errors, and you'd be like, fuck, I wish you didn't play. Right, right. Like, basketball is totally different. They're completely yeah. different, yeah. The thing with basketball is it really is star-driven. Every team has one or two guys you really want to see, and those are the guys that are going to need to rust, you know? Right, exactly. And, and so you don't see the the fourth starter going, I've played, you know, four games in five nights, traveled to three cities, and uh, I need a day off. So what's his face? So on? you're off tomorrow, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> who won the, the Warriors had like the 34, 38 points? I can't even remember his Oh, my game. God. You're absolutely right. He led the team in scoring. He had like 34 points that never... Heard of the kid before. Right. He never got any run, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, see? Look at that, bitches. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more NCAA tournament, NBA playoff push, who's the MVP, stuff like that. We've also got our dumb sports list of the week coming up. Plus, I got good commentary for you. Good. Okay, good. I'm I'm pretty glad about that. I have no question that that's going to be awesome. Also, uh, I am going to say a tearful goodbye to uh, a guy who's been really important to me for a lot of years at the end of this show, and we're going to talk about uh, my good friend Antonio at the end. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a lot more. Uh, We hope that you stick around and uh, listen to some more here on uh, Sports and Beer with Friends uh, on the Fanspeak Radio Network. All right, guys.
Sports and Beer with Friends. We uh, hope you had an enjoyable time listening to a little bit of 311. Uh, one of my favorite groups of the 90s. Did you like 311, Mike? Or were you a little young for them? No, or? that was uh, right up my alley. Kind of a hip-hop, punk, little, ska. Kind of a punky band. Yeah, they're cool. they got a lot of really great songs. Um, all right, folks, so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, about basketball. Segment two is all basketball, Mike. Hey! Except for this I'm part right. except for this part right here. Uh, I did want to get to one thing. The NFL draft is two weeks away. I, I want I just wanted to get you guys on the air and kinda of corner you. Should we do a mock draft on the air? No. Come on, it's so much fun. Alright, never for mind. For you. It is a, I'm well, I, I, Dude, I'm geeking out right now. I am geeking out right now. I love the NFL draft, but we're gonna talk about I basketball. love right now the NFL draft commentary from people who follow the teams and stuff. It's like, well we have the twenty second pick and this is the first one we want to pick, and it's like did you think about who the first 21 going are going to be? Because you're, you're being awfully aggressive there with your idea oh, right. of who the 22nd pick should be. Well, I'm taking Miles Garrett at yeah. number 28. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean the number one uh, overall uh, draft pick? Uh, uh, yeah. From yeah. When we were doing assignment football, we sort of befriended some people around the country to follow the different teams, and I follow a lot of those guys on Twitter. And there's some guys with the Saints specifically, and they're like, oh, we're all in agreement on who we should draft, you know, at number 11. And it's like... Hmm. What if he goes in the top ten? Like, right. are you that? If you're that confident, he's going to be there at eleven. Is he really the best pick at eleven? Yeah, we get and, and you know the football community. And I will say this: I did just uh, write another article for the first time in forever the other day. Um, but uh, we in the in the blogger community in football, we do get these. Okay, well they're going to take this one. They're going to take this one. They're going to take this one. So we'll take that one. That's the one that's going to be left. So we're going to take them. And then invariably, something happens. The Raiders pick. Oh. <laughs> Or Laramie Tunsil has a gas mask bong hit video yeah. come out the, like 15 seconds before the draft. <laughs> Mel Kiper Jr. is a millionaire, and his I mean, when did it? Say All right, I want to say this about I'm going to say that, but we're going to get basketball in just a second. But I want to say this about Mel Kiper Jr. Seven years ago yesterday, Mel Kiper Jr. said these words: "If Jimmy Clausen is not a bona fide star in this league, I will quit eight years from today." I just want to make sure that Mel Kuyper knows that people know that fucking shit. And next year he gets to quit. You're that your last year, Mel. You're done. Because Jimmy Clausen is shit. He was never any good at all. Ever. Like, he was okay in college. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I love Jimmy to death. But, man, is he not a pro. I, I just remember the hype of... Uh, I want you to know. High school. The reason why Cam Newton wears number one is because Jimmy Clausen had taken number two the year before with the Panthers. So what the fuck is wrong with the Panthers? No, no, you give up your goddamn number to the rookie. He gets it, because you're never playing. Ever! You're never playing, Jimmy! So Mel Kuyper gets to quit next year. I mean, he not gets to, has to. Okay, good luck. He ha No, he has to quit. He said he was going to. Dude. You don't, don't welch on the bat. You don't welch on the bat. Don't you follow politics? You don't ever have to. You don't. Well, this isn't politics. This is sports, and you don't fucking welch. I don't care what happened. It's a bad beat. Speaking of bats, what are the right. bad beats of eight years from in now? basketball? <laughs> okay. Did you see the three pointer at the end of the Knicks game? Oh no, I did not. Okay, so Knicks. Oh are, no, I think I did. Knicks are twelve and a half point dogs. Dogs down ten. Other teams got the ball. They're dribbling the clock out. Knicks have won. They've covered. The shot clock has like point something. Different than the game clock? So dude throws up a 40-footer, it goes in. What? And so they cover the 13, they cover the 12.5 by winning by 13 on a meaningless three where he was literally unguarded dribbling the ball out at half court just trying to end the game, and he's just like, ah, throw it up, and it goes in. Cover. 
Talk about your bad beats. If you oh bet on the Knicks, God. and if you ever bet on another sporting event again after that, you're just a degenerate. Oh. Because that's the that game is the one where, as a better, you got to have the epiphany that you're never going to win. The universe hates me. The universe does not want me to have any kind of gain whatsoever. So I just have to put my nose to the grindstone and earn it. Now, if you bet on the other team, <laughs> you're like, yeah. you should probably double down. Okay, like <laughs> you can quit your job, money. quit your job, and There's just go to Vegas. Money out there for you. Just go to Vegas. You're good. You're good. Oh my god. All right. So NCAA tournament recap. So we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I didn't get into this fact. And and Steve, you were gone for the whole thing. We had a pool at work. I think it was the first ever pool in the history of Combine and Nissan, from what I can understand. A lot. Everyone who was in it told me they'd never filled out a bracket before in their lives. Well, no one was there. I mean, it's like a right. guys, so. Well, no one yeah. follows college basketball here. I mean, not it's no certainly one. not it's like not you like and I do. Yeah. Steve does, but I actually, it's probably like one or two. But that was before any of the other guys were working. Right. So uh, here's the thing with this this tournament, and Mike alluded to it. There weren't a ton of upsets. So by no, that virtue, well, no 16s, 15s, or 14s won in the first round. Right. I don't which think any 13s won in the first round. Maybe one. Did any of the 4s lose? Maybe one. No, maybe one. But anyway, either so, I can go grab my bracket. This was the best bracket I've ever filled out. Like, this was, and I'm usually pretty good at this. I'm usually in this thing. Um, I, I won. can attest to this that he is good at this. I, I won, and I won uh, by a and, lot. And I had three of the four Final Four participants, and nobody had the one out of the East. No one picked South Carolina. Like, right. more people picked, uh, I think it was more people picked um, uh, Florida Gulf Coast to go to the Final Four than, than picked South Carolina to go to the Final Four in the uh, in ESPN brackets. So I had Oregon, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. The Midwest bracket that Oregon won, I had exactly right. Like, I did not miss one game. Wow. Like, I should have I should have been forced to pick against the spread in that bracket. I was so good at it. And I had I had Kentucky losing to US at UCLA, which didn't happen. But I had UCLA losing to North Carolina. So when North Carolina beat Kentucky, I basically won the tournament at that point because Gonzaga beat South Carolina, and my my finals was Gonzaga versus North Carolina with North Carolina winning. Basically, I went into the Final Four with if Gonzaga lost or North Carolina won, I automatically won. I didn't have to wait till Monday. The only way I could have lost is if Nor- if Gonzaga and Oregon won, and then Gonzaga then had to beat Oregon also for right. me to have lost. So well, who was second? <coughs> Big Fuji. Cody Fujimoto's dad wow. was second in the tournament wow. brackets. He was really good. He had Oregon, uh, but he had Oregon, but he didn't have him making the final. Uh, he had Kentucky, and I know did he have Kentucky or did he have UCLA? No, I think he had UCLA and Gonzaga. And he had Gonzaga winning the national championship, which they came it was pretty close, really close to doing, really, really close. Uh, so, but uh, it was by far, I, I think, and, and to, uh, alluding to your fact, there weren't a lot of upsets, and that's the way I play it. I, I play upsets in the first round, second round. I'll hit a couple of those. I did have Xavier, but I didn't have Xavier going to the Elite Eight. Yes. I had him going to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I didn't have him beaten Zona. Uh, so, but later in the tournament, it's the Blue Buds. It's the Blue Bloods. I had Nova beating Duke in the regional final in the East. That's the one that no one had. I had Gonzaga over um, the Arizona, which ended up being Gonzaga over Xavier. I had UNC over UCLA, and I had Kansas losing to Oregon. I literally put Kansas in the regional final and said they're going to lose. 
Yeah. I mean, they, That's not easy to do. The thing with Kansas is they typically underperform in the tournament, but yeah. when you're a one seed, you can kind of only underperform or win it. I will say this. I'm watching Josh Jackson in the first three rounds of the tournament going, oh, my God, there's no way Oregon's going to beat this team. Yeah. yeah. Wow, were they good. And Frank Mason won the Wooden, uh, Wooden yeah. Award, which is great because he was the best college basketball player. Is he the is is he going to be a top-ten pick? No. Nah. Yeah, the draft in the NBA is weird. Like, okay, so Diane at work, she's the reception. She's very knowledgeable about basketball, but she's super opinionated, and she has some bad ideas. Her opinions are wrong. I get it. I get where you're going with this. Lonzo Ball. She thinks that Lonzo Ball should not be a top three pick. There's kids that played way better here's the, in here's the tournament. And I said and I said this to her. The guy who's going to go ahead of Lonzo Ball didn't even fucking play in the tournament. Yeah. Markel Fultz is the best player in college. Is the, is the best prospect in college basketball. He didn't even sniff the tournament. Right. So these guys who played well in the tournament, Cinderius uh, Thornwell, yeah. senior, Right. Mark, Frank Mason, senior, yeah. they're like 16, 17, 18 picks. Yeah, late first-rounders. Gen- right. Generally, good seniors are late first-rounders. He's 22. But that's why the Spurs keep getting good. Because right. you know who's going to draft those guys? The, the Spurs. Spurs. Cinderius Thornwell is going to come off the bench for the Spurs for the next yeah. two years, and, and then he'll start be, for him for six. Four years from now, he'll be Kawhi Leonard, and he'll be like, right. why did everyone miss on this guy? Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, Cinderius Thornwell is a hell of a basketball player. He is a hell of a basketball player. He's an NBA player. I, was, I'm, I watch the tournament, and a lot of times I'm looking at it like, which one of these guys is NBA? Like, I'm looking Remember at McCollum? Yeah, CJ McCollum, yes. Yeah. And, and you're going... This kid's got to be legit good. Legit. Like, he can't just be having a good game. Because he's, like, sometimes you'll have a guy that goes 10 for 11 from the field or right. whatever, and you go, eh. Like Luke May. It happens. You right. Know, sometimes you just shoot well. But there's a certain presence a guy has on the court besides like, being a good shooter, like, shooting out of his mind. Uh, right. Because you'll see that kid, and he'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And CJ McCollum was not that kid. You're looking he's at like, him. He's like, yeah. How's this dude on Liberty or whatever? He's uh, like, it, Mercer or wherever he played. right, and he was he was just right. He was you could just see it. This guy was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my game. This is how I play. Uh, R J uh, Hunter, uh, R J Hunter was the same way a couple years ago. Uh, Seth Curry when he was with Davidson, same way. He's like, they yeah, I can. They I can play the final four. Correct. They took Kansas over. Word. Um, and beat Georgetown. So, but I'm, I look at like Joel Berry from North Carolina. I, I we talked about that. I'm like, he looks like a like a backup combo guard. Yeah. Um, you know, Justin uh, Justin Jackson from North Carolina. He, he basically he's is Matt Barnes. He is Matt Barnes. Yeah. He is Matt Barnes. Uh, without I'm, the tattoos, I'm okay drafting him mid late first. Yeah, round. I'll take Justin Jackson. Really high upside. Word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, he'd adhere to the Broco too, right? Right. Exactly. Of course he would. Yeah, he's not. He's not calling out dudes for sleeping with other dudes' girlfriends. What? The thing is with Carolina, typically, <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. It's the NBA, bro. What do you want? There's almost Did always. Do you see her ass? <laughs> oh my god. Are we done? Yeah. Okay. One segment about basketball. And Iggy, wanna... Iggy Azalea. I'm mean, yeah. just saying, you've seen her butt. She's got videos. There's video. <laughs> video or it didn't happen. <laughs> so anyway, yes, go ahead. I don't even remember. What I, was I don't know what the fuck I was saying. But Justin Jackson, uh, Kennedy Meeks. Kennedy Meeks. Oh, that I was guy's not... say that Carolina's always got multiple NBA frontcourt players. Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks can both play in the NBA. Kennedy Meeks can play for me. If you have yeah, a first-round pick and whatever reason, draft some other big... Yeah. You could have got an NBA player if you drafted Kennedy Meeks. Right, because Kennedy Meeks, he's not going to wow you with his athleticism, but he's a he's great just rebounder. He's dog up some Word. rebounds, yeah. He, he is like, what do you got here? What do I got here? 
What is this? You get to pick Mike Trout in the fourth round? No. What? It's a trade proposal. Who do they want? They want, they're going to give. They, they want my first round pick and whatever. I mean, first, second, and third. Okay, so first, second, and 13 round draft pick next year. Yeah. For your fourth round, 20th round, 21st round, and Mike Trout. Yeah. Boy, I'd be tempted. And it's a keeper league, right? It's a keeper league. But the reason why I used to, the reason why he's offering this trade now is because he can only, you only can keep a player. He can't keep Trout next year. He can't keep Trout next year. So I'm but like, you can have him for two years. Yeah. Oh, Trout, though. All right, we'll yeah. talk more about that later. All right. Yeah, I'm accepting that. <laughs> Accept that, trade. you got to take my Trout all yeah. day. I'm mean, fucking well, first round. You need a stun. Yeah, for real. You don't need a first yeah. round pick yeah. next year. You know why? Because you got Mike Trout. That's why. All right, so, uh, like, Kenny Meeks, he's not going to jump. He's not, he's, he, but he's, he rebounds. He's got great position. He understands basketball. He's an offensive player. He's a defensive player. He's going to come off your bench as an NBA player and give you quality minutes as a big. He's six, he's six fouls, plus he's got some offensive ability. Uh, Karnowski for the for the Zags, probably I don't know if a little further down the, the bench. So the thing with the NBA, but he's seven feet tall. So Karnowski's big, strong, etc. Not extremely you athletic. You need to be athletic to be effective in today's. You game. saw what Kennedy Meeks did to him, and Kennedy Meeks is not particularly he's a athletic, right? Athletic guy. Yeah. Um, you need to be athletic. Like the big, strong guy of the late '80s, early '90s, is not a necessity on your team anymore. Look at the Warriors; they're the best team in the league. They, they don't have that guy yeah. at all. You yep. put Karnowski on the court with Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge is going to destroy, destroy him. Yeah, right. He doesn't have the length to score. Like Karnowski will quit playing basketball after that. <laughs> and, and as good as Aldridge is, there's you could have named. He's worse not people. the best. Yeah, you could have named. There's worse. <laughs> People. Right. So you mentioned Ball earlier. Yes. And you kind of glossed it over about how he's – I'll tell you what, man. If I'm an NBA executive, there's a lot that goes into drafting one, two, or three. And I'm getting a quality guy in the first three. Mm -hmm. I'm not drafting that kid. And I'm not drafting that kid. Okay, so you heard what his dad came out with. I don't said give a shit week. about his dad. No, did you his hear dad what he said? His dad has ruined him. Right. It's for me. And, and, and like I said, I think I said this The thing about when he said – about the white kids are the That's reason it. my kid lost. De'Aaron Fox dropped 39 on your kid, yeah. okay? He Play didn't defense. drop 39 on Alford. He dropped 39 right. on your kid, who they had to switch off him because well, he couldn't freaking guard him. That's what exactly what I was going to get to with the LeVar Ball, is that how, low, how, how is this being accepted? This, we want to talk about double standards. Yeah, yeah. You tell me that a guy comes out, let's say that... If uh, I said the black kids on the team were dumb... To carry us to the next game of the tournament, I am a racist Adolf Hitler. You are a the, pariah for the rest of my life. You are. You're a pariah. Like, and this it, guy, it's like, well, that's kind of a shitty thing to say, right? Well, we were all thinking that, but uh, fuck, dude, play defense. And TJ Leaf and and Thomas Welsh, they're good fucking basketball players. UCLA had the best offense in the country. They're so athletic. With Bryce three, Alford with three white kids starting. Okay. They can clearly play basketball. I, I want you to take a quick look over your shoulder here. Notice the 1984 NBA uh, basketball uh, oh, world right. championship. Hey, look, look at Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge, and Larry Bird. Just fucking destroying it right now. <laughs> destroying so, it. Here's the thing. I am a very realistic person. And I will be the first person to tell you that in general, black people are more athletic than white people. What he said is bullshit, though. Because Kentucky beat your kids' lack of defense. Like... In this game that you referenced, it was not I the would, white kid's lack of foot speed. It was your kid's lack of ability to I, defend the point guard from Kentucky that cost your team the game. I would say that Lonzo Ball 
had clearly his worst game as a collegiate player. Clearly his worst, offensively and defensively. And, and, and his partly because put a load of bricks on his shoulders with all the BS he correct. talked over the weeks prior. And Kentucky's full of actual NBA players. That's true. No, yeah. that's true. Believe and there's not a lot five. of those guys in the Pac-12. You got, he has seven NBA players on the roster. Even Oregon, who made the Final Four, might have Brooks? two margin. Nah, the uh, the kid with all the blocks. What the hell is his name? Hmm. Can't remember. His, he, he failed. Well, to, got hurt. Failed to box out. Oh, yes, the kid. Right. Okay. He's a marginal NBA player. Yeah. Marginal. Bell. Jordan Bell. Bell. Jordan Bell. Yeah. Thank you very much. Jordan Bell is a marginal NBA player. Why? Because he's ridiculously athletic. Ridiculously. Not extremely skilled. Ridiculously athletic. Yeah. And apparently does not understand the concept of boxing the fuck out twice in a row. Free throw rebounds are not the reason they lost that game. No, but... They would have given themselves a chance to yes, win at the okay. end. Very good. Okay, that's all I want to get. Yeah. But, and Jordan Bell is the reason they're there. Yeah. He's the reason they're there. That's it. Yeah. And God bless him. They lost by one, two? They ended up, I think, losing by three. three but it points. was because... Because North Carolina um, made one, missed one. They didn't get the rebound. Made two. Or what? No, no, they made they, one, missed one, got the offensive rebound, got fouled again, missed, missed both. Goals. That's right, that's right. And got the offensive rebound again in both times because Jordan Bell failed to box out his guy. That's what it was. And you owned up to it. He, yeah. oh, oh, he was, oh, he was, he was devastated. And good for him. Yeah. But at the same time, he shouldn't have to, he shouldn't have to apologize because right. literally he we was there. not the reason. Yeah. He was not, he was the reason they were there. All right, so that was a great game. The the finals was a great game. The finals was very good. <clears throat> and then a lot of these guys are going to end up in the NBA. And next year we're going to be talking about NBA rookies of the year, all this stuff. The Celtics are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to get the number one pick possibly. But none of it's going to compare to this season. What a season in the NBA, and in particular okay. when you're talking yeah. about the MVP race. Yeah. James Harden is having a hell of a year, and he doesn't even belong in the conversation. Okay, so this is this is why you're wrong. Okay. So everyone has a hard-on for Westbrook's triple-double because it, statistically it's not been done for 55 years. It's only been done once in the history of the league, and it's impressive as all hell. A triple-double is a big deal. And Harden is statistically superior this season, this season to Westbrook. He's averaging 29, 11 assists, and 8-point-something rebounds. So it's like... Basically, because Westbrook's averaging two more rebounds a game, and you're leading going, the lead in scoring. You're you're saying Westbrook's the MVP because he's beating him by two rebounds a game. When Harden's team is way better, right? And he's that's why Westbrook's more valuable because without his team, they're a fucking without Westbrook on that team, they're a 14 win team. Without James Dude. Harden, now James Harden's the Rockets aren't making the playoffs either. I'm not. I'm okay, not going to argue just that. Gonna say, but they're not a 14 win team. They're better. Right. But they have better personnel. Start naming other dudes, okay? And tell me who the who the NBA All Stars that aren't Harden. All right, I, I get you know, that. You're okay. Going, okay, but, well, Eric Gordon's really good. Okay. Well, Eric Gordon. They have a worse the roster, and the and they're going to get. They're not going to get as good a seed as Houston is because their rosters. He's not just leading the league in triple doubles. He's not just averaging a triple double. He's not just breaking the single season record for triple doubles. He's also leading the league in scoring while creating for his for his teammates and getting rebounds. The, the, the only thing that I have is, I mean, you know, like, are they a better team with Kevin Durant still there? Oh my God! Yes. yes. Oh, they might be the best team in the league if, but but uh, but Russell Westbrook's not averaging a triple double. No, no, he's not. 
So, and he's not leading the league in scoring. So then, the, so the reason that the question that then begs is, if they would be better off with him not averaging a triple double, is he the most valuable player in the exactly. league? <laughs> That's what I was getting at. He's, so, he's most words, okay. Depends on what you think most valuable is. Is he the most? Is like because the most valuable player in the LeBron league is LeBron James, James every year, every fucking year. Yeah. Okay, but here's is, the, is, no, most valuable, is he I most valuable? I need to reiterate something about LeBron. For four years that he wasn't in Cleveland, they had the worst record in the worst. league. Worst. The worst record in the league. Let me say this. Kyrie Irving was there for every single one of those years. And the argument is, but he's got Kyrie and he's got Kevin Love. Kevin Love was the best player on a really, really bad team. Really also. bad. And Kyrie Irving was the best player on a really, really bad Cleveland team. These guys are not all-time great players. They're both, they're both good players. Do we want to talk about Mario Chalmers? He carried useless. Mario Chalmers was a fucking all star yeah. when LeBron played for him. Yep. And he's and Mo Williams when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. And so Cleveland without LeBron <coughs> is the worst team in the league. Yes. And it's been even proven, when, even when they had Delvadova. And, and it's been and it's been proven <laughs> by four years of actual LeBron not being there. It's not some speculative yeah. thing. Like right. I wonder how bad Oklahoma City would like, be without Westbrook. Well, I, I know wonder, how bad Cleveland is without LeBron. I wonder if the Yankees could have won championships without Jeter. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to wonder that well, with Cleveland. With, you know, with no. LeBron, they're in the NBA Finals every year. Pretty much. Uh, no, every year, literally, every, every year since like his third year in the league. He's been seven years in a row in the finals. Right. And the other thing is, with without LeBron there in Cleveland, they were able to build a team with all those draft picks. Right. Right. Because they were so they bad. Drafted Tristan so Thompson bad. like fourth one year, which yeah. is a huge reach. Kyrie first overall. Yeah. Yep. If you're still there, they, I mean, but, they're not there. But right. think about this: they had the first pick. They also picked the first pick. I want to. I want to mention. Bennett. I want to. They also yeah. picked Anthony Bennett. Who Yikes! The, they picked literally the worst first pick <laughs> in the history of the league. <laughs> I wonder how many. If I bet you this is true, and I have not looked it up. If you look at total points scored in their career by first picks in the NBA, I'm certain Anthony Bennett's the lowest one. Like, I'll bet you Darko Milicic has more points than Anthony Bennett. He was a second pick, but yes. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm saying, yeah. Where's Anthony Bennett now? Not in the NBA. Last stop was Minnesota. Because I remember when he went to Minnesota, they they literally have the last three number one picks. Because they had Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Anthony Bennett. Who is he? Carl Anthony Towns. If, like, if you ask me what young player you want, I want Carl Anthony Towns. He's unbelievable. Give me yeah. the cat. So and Wiggins is not that good. I think <laughs> I, I'm always of the opinion that LeBron is year in year out the best player in the league. I yes. understand how the MVP works, and Le, and LeBron doesn't win it every year. Jordan didn't win it every year. The best player doesn't always win it. Correct. This year it's James Harden. <clears throat> that's my. That's but my who's opinion. gonna win, Mike? Westbrook's going to win. Okay, and it's yeah. it's the Miguel Cabrera effect. Yeah. You I'm, win the triple crown, you get the MVP. Right. Like it's, you, they, you average a triple-double yeah. for the season and break the triple-double record and lead the league in scoring. It's did, very, did, very did, hard for did people. Did he break the record? Oh, yeah. He did has four, no, 42. no. He has 42. He does, yeah, did he have 42 today? Uh, oh, no, no. No, he's, no, he's, he's stuck at 41. He's no, but he, he made it so if he doesn't score or anything for oh, the rest yeah, yeah, of the yeah, season, if he goes trillion... All right. zeros. Yes, he's he's average. he's going to average, yeah. and yeah. he's tied the record. He's so tied. he's got two chances to break it. Plus, he doesn't have to. He can just literally stand on the corner of the court for forty minutes. Yeah, that was yesterday when he, I guess, and just yeah. yeah, and just he doesn't have to do anything right. to to average a triple double. So that's I thought that was a pretty cool uh, interview question after the game. So he goes six of twenty five in the game. 
He shoots twenty four percent. Misses first eleven shots. Very, very Iverson esque. Well, the the reporter <laughs> from the, three yeah. The reporter says to him, um, "Were you out there just trying to get assists to to get the the triple double record?" And he goes. Dude, I was six of twenty-five. What the fuck else was I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, good on you, Russell Westbrook. If if you're looking for a basketball player who's just going to keep it one hundred all the time, that was his exact quote. It's Russ Westbrook, yeah, for sure. He, he's I like him a lot because he is that guy who is real. Yeah, I agree with that. But he's also not obnoxious. I like Russell Westbrook. This a is not lot. any way a right. knock on him. And, and I think and he's I'll, a great player. And to point out another positive, their record when he had a triple-double versus their record when he didn't have a triple-double, him having a triple-double has a clear correlation with OKC. Like, winning they don't games. win like, games very literally, much. Literally, they're winning something like 75% of the games where he has one and losing almost 75% of the games right. where he doesn't have one. Like, when Steve Adams is really involved, it's not good. Yeah. They just don't have a lot of talent. Um, Victor Oladipo is probably the, their second best. Player. The problem is they let Ibaka and Durant go. It's well. The, the problem is they couldn't keep Durant. Not that they let him go. They, there's they no. They, they, they didn't want to pay, pay Ibaka like max contract money, and I, then because they needed money for Westbrook and Durant, and then Durant leaves. And Durant leaves. They might as well have paid Ibaka the max. And here's the problem with Oklahoma City now: when you're trying to recruit a free agent to come there, and they're like, "Hey, come on down." To the facility. Hey, where is it? Oh, it's in Oklahoma. All right, now I'm, I'm going to go check out L.A., and I'm going to check out New York, and I'm going to check Chicago. out Miami. And Chicago. And Chicago. Yeah. And then I'll go to if, I get past, there. if I get past all those places, I may come to Oklahoma City. And the, the other thing is... But you're really close to Dallas, so I might just go there. Of the players <laughs> who you really, really want to play with. <laughs> right. Is Westbrook one of those guys? I don't know. I don't know. Because he's balling. His usage rate, so Super if you understand high. usage rate, Ken, Ken Pomeroy's website, like the percentage of plays where you either originate the offense or finish the offense. In other words, you either are the, the passer. The catalyst the, or the, the – yeah. yeah. He, his usage rate is – Ridiculous. The highest in the league by a ridiculous margin. I wonder if it's not the highest it, ever. It's probably the highest in the history well, of the league. I don't no, remember. So, I mean – uh, Harden's got to be fairly close. Oh, no. Like Harden's, Harden's second, really close. So Harden's second, right? right. But by like 5% less. Like a lot. A stupid amount. So yeah. you're saying like, I want to say it's like 42% of the possessions. Right. It might even be higher than that. It might be. That Westbrook either is the guy taking the shot or the guy making the pass that results in the shot directly. Like, the... Like you want to talk about is like you are you have the ball the whole fucking game. Right, you, you want to talk about a guy thirty percent dominating the ball, dominating the ball. No one dominates the ball a, there like was Ross Westbrook. Games where he had a sixty percent usage rate this year, which the like he had the fifty nine points the other day. He had fifty nine points in like double digit assists. His usage rate was in the sixties. Yes, that was literally the highest amount of points by a player recording a triple double in, in NBA season. history. In the history of the league. All right. Listen, he guys. got the ball to himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you get an assist for that? Because if he could, I think... Self-passes would be a thing. I think Russ West would be throwing it off the backboard constantly. All right, guys. We're going to take another break. And then when we come back, we're going to tackle our dumb sports list of the week. Oh, Man, God. we have done some doozies. But, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> you guys are going to love the top ten on this one. This week, we're going to look at the 30 greatest NBA players ranked on our favorite website, NewArena.com. Oh, we I, love this I'm place. I'm really glad that I did not look at the rundown. This All right, we're, you're going to love it. I, I didn't you are going to love it. All right, guys. Surprise. We'll be back in like full five, maybe six minutes. Don't worry about it. We'll be ready. 
right, we're back. Hey, thanks, folks, for joining us. Steve is having a great time with a list that we might be doing really soon in the future. If you've never checked out the uh, newarena.com website, let me just tell you, if you want to... Okay. See some poorly uh, researched lists. It's like Clickbait Central. I mean, it's like it's like the worst of the Internet. Like, we might be part of the worst of the Internet, okay, because we're just this stupid Internet radio show that really no one listens to, but we're having a hell of a lot of fun and getting really drunk on a Saturday so night. I don't know how, like, the hierarchy is in, like, in, in, in that type of thing, but, I mean, I don't know if you sit in front of an editor or whatever. They just, or just some, they send in their stories, yeah, yeah. and they got this go. And the guy's like, this, this list makes too much sense. As a former, Redo it. Redo it. No one's going to click on this shit. This makes too much sense. You've left nothing to argue. Like, As a former blogger, basically what someone's looking at is, is this spelled right, and are, are, any, are any quotations cited correctly? Because we'll just go with it. All right. So this week on NewArena.com, we've stumbled across a, a story that's called RANKED, in all caps. The 30 greatest players in NBA history from number 30 to number 1, as if you would do it any other way. We're going to kind of meander through it. We're going to start at 26, and we're going to 17, and then down to 30. It's like a snake draft. Right, we'll do a snake draft. So they're ranked from number 30 to number 1, or is that from hashtag 30 to hashtag 1? Well, I got hashtag (laughs) 1. I mean, if they got hashtag number 1 wrong... Listen, and we talked about it earlier, and we all know who it's going to be, and he's not as great as he was made out to be, but he's still the greatest of all time. Yeah. He's still, and as a person who recalls him as a college sophomore, hitting big shots against Georgetown. Yeah. Word to bird, Sleepy Floyd, oh, what'd you do, son? But he's not as great as all that. He isn't the god that people make him out to be. However, he is the greatest basketball player of all time. We're going to start with number 30. And this is the guy who we this already... This is where talked. the list starts fucking up. We're watching him in the background right now. There he is. Well, hey. Number 30 is Kevin McHale. And Kevin McHale is kind of a polarizing figure. Because you want to talk about a guy who's 6'11". And so unathletic. One of the best post-offensive players in the league in the history of the league. And off, as, a, as an offensive player in the post. And really as a defensive player in the post, too. Yep. He's an excellent defender. Long He's arms. Really long arms. Well, his was, long arms did it. Was his wingspan like, like more than Durant's? Durant is like Durant is seven foot four, seven foot six, and he's six eleven. But he's six eleven because he has no neck. If if, no, I'm serious. If Durant had a neck, he'd be seven two. He has no neck. His shoulders are four inches wide, and he has no neck. I mean, funny but true. Tell me it's not right. Okay, if he had a neck, he'd be seven foot two. He's got like Elton Brand. Elton Brand was the same. He was six nine, but if he had a neck, he'd be six eleven. He had no neck. Kevin McHale, however, does have a neck, but he also looks like your weird uncle. <laughs> and he wears really short shorts, which is kind of creepy because you think his balls are going to pop out. But Kevin McHale is one of my favorite basketball players of all time because he's just not the kind of guy you look at. If he wasn't like if he wasn't six eleven, you're like, yeah, that guy's an awesome athlete. Kevin McHale's a great athlete. Kevin McHale was a fantastic hockey goalie until he grew himself out of the position. When he was like six foot six, they're like, you know, dude, you're you're kind of you're sixteen years old, and you're six foot six. I don't think this is going to work out for you. I'll just say this: he's the last guy on the list, and when we get down to the list, there's going to be guys where we go, "How is he not on the list?" Right, and, and Kevin would have automatically bumped McHale out. I would be okay if McHale was more like twenty six or twenty five because he was so great, and he had he was on great teams with great teammates. 
I'd be okay if he wasn't on the list, and I'm okay with him at 30. Because you can, he could be in the argument, it's fine. Kevin McHale was voted, when they did the 50th anniversary team, he was one of the 50 greatest players in the history of the NBA. So he's not far off of this. Correct. That's basically what I'm saying. So 30, I mean, you can make the argument, and I'm not going to kill you over it. I love Kevin McHale for a lot of reasons. He's Irish. He's played for the Celtics. He's this big, goofy, white guy who would just score on Akeem Olajuwon. And you're like, how did he even get the freaking shot off? And he's, like, dropping these rainbow shots. And he plays defense. And he was always an effort. And a hell of a basketball coach for the Rockets, and a really great commentator. Just a great all-around guy. All right, so Kevin McHale. And in this, this is the picture I was talking about. You, you yeah. recognize that guy. All you got to do is see the chin. That's it. Ronnie yeah. Cycli. In the picture on the on the website, newarena.com, he is posting up Ronnie Cycli, which he probably did religiously for like six years. And Ronnie Cycli was a good pro, by the way. He was, yeah. Uh, number 29, Chris Paul of the Los Angeles Clippers, slash New Orleans Hornets. Number 29. I would also not have Chris Paul on this list. I probably wouldn't as well. Yeah. Um, and I think like, so. Here's the deal. I'm gonna just preface this comment so I don't have to say this 15 more times. No offense to Chris Paul, because he's a great player. Word. There's definitely 30 people. Chris Paul might be the last of the great point guards. Like literally, like like the traditional. What about your boy Lonzo? I I don't know. Maybe I like Lonzo a lot. I think Lonzo. Outside of his father's influence, could be a great player. Mm-hmm. I think it's he's come out and said some stupid things like, I only want to play for the Lakers. Like, okay, the Celtics draft you and you don't want to go to Boston to be part of that? Okay, you want to go win 17 games next year with the Lakers? Go ahead. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you! I'll take Mark Del Fultz. Guy wants to win. Anyway, so, but Chris Paul, I agree. I don't know if Chris Paul's on the, But then I think about it, I'm like, man, is Chris Paul good. And you ended up on the Clippers. Right. I mean, you, and the Clippers have been a competitor right. since you've been there and never before in my lifetime ever been Correct. a competitor. And how, okay, let me ask you how mad at Dan, David Stern are you. For screwing up that trade? Oh, my God. Yeah. He was on his way to the Lakers with Kobe and Powell. I'm not mad. I'm not. If you're Chris Paul, you're not mad? If I'm Chris Paul, I'm mad, but... As an NBA fan, I'm not mad because you made the Lakers relevant. As a Laker fan, you're fucking livid because then I signed Steve Nash, and that worked out great. Oh, my God. No, that was Malone and Peyton is when they signed that. Yeah. Steve Nash, who they freaking signed. That was just the end. It was just the end of the Kobe era. And Dwight Howard. That's who it was. The the whole freaking Carl Malone and... We won't even talk about it. I'm going to do it in my mouth a little bit. It right, was actually fun when you were there. No, no it was. When, when the glove <laughs> and Carl. Yeah. Two years too many. He, he, really, he really did. He really stifled the Lakers' chances to be a good franchise for the next couple of years, unfortunately. Number 28 on our list, Chicago Bulls and Portland Trailblazers, small forward, Scotty Pippen. 28. Yes. Now, so now Steve, and I, Steve and I think a lot more of Scotty Pippen than, than Mike does. We've had this conversation. Just think, minutes ago. I'm okay with him being 28, basically. And he I'm, not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm I, not. I, he's a better player than that. He's top 15. I, I think he's a very... What's the most points Scotty ever averages in a career? Not that I'm going to use points. Like 18, probably. Yeah, he was always no, in the I bet you. No, I bet you he'd average 20 or more. I remember him being a mid-teens guy. Yeah. <sighs> he played with Jordan. I get it. He played with Jordan. In an era when you scored 100 Plus, no, not, not in the later. mid. Not, no, not later. No, not but when he was Scotty with Jordan, was there. He was with Jordan early. No, he didn't get there to like '89. Early enough. Nah. They weren't really great until the '91, '92. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty was great. 
And and we'll talk. And like Steve and I talked about this, and you, and you agree guess, with you it. No, you're right. They, Such a great never, defensive they player. Getting, they were getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if you and listen, if if you didn't have Michael Jordan on that team, and Scott Scottie Pippen would have would have been your best player, you would have been a perennial playoff team. You would have been in the mix. The guy was great. But they'd have been a five seed, not. Yeah, I mean, maybe sometimes they would have won. You give him Scottie Pippen, and you give the team around him. You add Dennis Rodman and Derek Harper and Steve Kerr, and and you have Scottie. Yeah, that's a pretty good team. Now they made the conference finals without Jordan. I know this. And 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 Phil decided Tony Kukoc was going to take the last shot, and Scottie didn't like that shit. I don't like that shit. Now here's 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 where I get mad. Ahead of Scottie Pippen, directly from the New Jersey Nets, Phoenix Suns, and Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd. There's just got to be less marginal guys that can be in this bottom five. Not uh, like Scottie's not a marginal guy. Not at all. And Jason Kidd was an awesome point guard. All time, but at some point, Jason Kidd is a stats compiler because he played for so long. And he got a lot of rebounds, and he oh, got a lot of assists. He was, a, as he a point was a guard, very mediocre scorer. But as a point guard, what a rebounder! Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying no, that right. to be facetious. He was a really great rebounder as a small guy. Yeah. And he was a good assist man. But he was a, not a good scorer. A guard that can't shoot. You got what you got with Jason Kidd. If right. he was your best player, good luck. Getting if you're going to consider Jason Kidd the 27th best player on. In, in the history of the basketball, and Bob Cousy's not on this list. Can I, say this? Can I tell you Bob Cousy's not on this list? There's 30 people on this list, okay? All 30 of these and guys. And John Havlicek isn't one of them? All 30 of these guys should be guys that if they're the best player on your team, you can compete for championships. Well, if that's your criteria, then and Jason, Jason Kidd belongs. Belong no, he head. does because they were in the finals. That's not competing for championships. Because that Nets team was not competing for the championship. That was a day. really bad Eastern Conference. You're, you're, they, the, the, they, they were. The Eastern Conference they won was horrendous. They weren't going to beat the Lakers. They yeah. could play that Lakers series 20 times and they'd lose it <coughs> one. Every time. Uh, yeah. Every single time. Seriously. Like, Iverson's Sixers had a better chance of beating the Lakers than kids. I don't know now. if Iverson's on this list, but if he's, he's not, not, then there's uh, Kevin McHale doesn't belong on it, and neither does Jason Kidd, basically. Because... Yeah. Iverson should be on the list. Number 26, Rick Barry of the Golden State Warriors. Before my time. Okay. Rick Barry was a great player. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, I think you could really make the case that he should never wear these shorts because you can see how small his penis is. <laughs> but also that he could possibly be higher on this list. Now, now, regardless of how small the penis is, five NBA players came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Including an NBA slam dunk champion, Brett Barry. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Rick, uh, the, the shorts are too small. Um, but anyway, Rick Barry was a great player. A great player. This problem with these guys that I never saw right. play. No. Like, like, all you can do is go, okay, I looked at their stats and they're really good. If, and, you know, it's just tough to compare. If this current Warriors team never existed, like, uh, up until he was the, the best Warrior. He is the, like, hands down. Like, it's not even close. Him and Joe Barry Carroll, who's never heard of. I've heard of them. Of course you have. I know you have. The run TMC teams would have been like the only even decent Warrior teams in my whole life were those teams. Small sidebar, how about the great fight that Chris Mullen almost got in in the the Big East Conference Championship? Great. I love Chris Mullen. Punch all the Georgetown Hoyas. Punch them all. Uh, Number 25, David Robinson. Okay. I think that's a good spot for D-Rob. I love David Robinson as a player. I just I feel like he's kind of uninspiring, but really, really good. And he was seven foot one and very That's athletic. My original criteria. I think if David Robinson is the best player on your team, you can go ahead and win some championships. Yeah, and he wasn't the best player on that team. 
when Tim Duncan was a rookie, I think he was the best player. In the yeah, game he was. no, no, you're right, you're right. So you're right. Uh, number twenty-four, Bob Pettit of the St. Louis Hawks. Again, a guy you never, never watched play, but you right. heard the name course, because you know enough about basketball. This is one of the great players in the early time. He was the original stretch four. Yeah, yeah. Okay, get back to just get back to Pippen. So if okay, if he retired like after the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season, then he. Probably would have average, he probably would have averaged more than 20 points a game for his career. Okay, right. So he was averaging more than 20 points for his career up until then. Yeah, then he had just... Portland years. I mean, just... And then he, but, man, he's, those Portland teams were good. I loved him in Portland. Just, yeah, he just... I mean, he tanked. I mean, it just... He was old. He's yeah, he got older. It, it is what it is. I, I, but I liked him in Portland. I thought it was... Yeah. They, those teams were pretty good. Um, number 23, Elgin Baylor, another guy you probably never saw play, but you, you've obviously heard the name. Uh, he was a prolific scorer and rebounder, strong consideration as the best player in NBA history to never win the MVP. So that's never Elgin. Won the MVP. He never was an MVP, but man, was he good. He's like, that's what to say. It's like you know, the best golfer to never win a major. This is, he might be the best player who ever played in the NBA who never won the MVP award. Huh. <clears throat> Number 22, John Stockton of the Utah Jets. I know for a fact that he's your best player. He didn't win the championship. Correct. I like John Stockton. He's the all-time assist leader. <laughs> he wasn't your best player either, by the way. And so you know if he's your best player, you couldn't have won it. Because no. as your second best player, you weren't going to right. Now, you want to talk about great point guards? Boy, is John Stockton on that list. Not a good scorer. A decent shooter, but not great a great shooter. Great three-point shooter. Yes. Dude, he was like 54%. At, no, at the end of his year. Yeah. At the end of his career. When the three-point, he's like, oh, I'm just going to shoot all these. Yeah. This is all I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not even going to worry about any of He had almost crap. a set shot, but boy, it was clean. He had if clean, he's open, it's going down. Him and Hornacek were assassins. Just a guy that could get under like your you know opponent's skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like they they call Tim Duncan the big fundamental. Well, this is the little fundamental. There's no question. He was the best. He was the most fundamentally sound basketball player I've ever seen in my life. He was a good defender, but not a great defender because he was only six one. Listed at six three, but six one. Sure. And he was. You just couldn't break his dribble. So this you is, couldn't get him off the dribble. This is more splitting hairs too. But I don't know if he's one of the thirty best players of all time either. Like, I think he is. I think you have you to put can, him on the list because he is the all-time leader in assists he's in an NBA history. All-time NBA great. Yes. Okay. Doesn't mean he has to be in the top thirty. That's it. Okay, That's I understand. Yeah. Number twenty-one, Kevin Garnett. I'm good. With that. Okay. I would. I would probably like to see him a little bit higher, but I'm not talking no. monumentally higher. Maybe like eighteen. If he'd have been thirty, I'd have been okay with it. Oh no. I oh, understand I don't how know. good Garnett was. Believe yeah, I don't, me, I don't, he I don't wasn't know. even the best power forward of his era. All right, just for okay. the simple fact that he's made the most money. Okay. Is he a different player than Tim Duncan? He's more Dirk Nowitzki than Tim Duncan. But he's, he's I, I don't know. I, I mean, defensively, I, I think he's just the best big man of the last, like, 15 years. Defensively. Okay. 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 Let me put it from a team defense standpoint. From a team, he's oh, a great leader. Great. That's player. it. Okay. That's probably more. That's probably more what I mean. Yeah, that's probably more. Gives his guys he, up. No. Holds his teammates accountable. Like you're not getting away with being lazy out here. We're playing defense to win a championship. We're not going to be lazy on this end. He's also a guy that as his career progressed, he realized his deficiencies and, and got better at other things. He became a really, really good mid-range shooter. 18 foot. Yeah. When, when, when Kevin Garnett is teeing up that 18-footer and the ball's gonna, two feet above his head, it's going down. Yeah. It's going down. And, and he made Big Baby Davis cry in a huddle. Yeah. 
And then Big Baby was his teammate, making his teammates cry. That ain't that shit ain't right, man. <laughs> it's a shame what Marbury did. <clears throat> Young, yeah, early it, in their careers, if they could have stayed together, that oh, that Minnesota team could have had a man, chance to oh, compete man. for titles. Fuck so fucking Knicks. So again, back to my original premise: Garnett can be your best player. Like okay, I yeah. know he didn't win titles. He won the one. In oh Boston, no, he did. Yes, but he didn't win. Huge reason when he was. Clearly, the best player on his team, right, okay. the leader of the team, they weren't winning titles. Right. You know, but he could have been. Number 20, the logo, Jerry West. Again, a guy you guys never saw. I never really saw him until the end of his career when I was a. I don't even know if I really remember him playing that much then, even. Um, great point guard, one of the great players in Lakers history, which means he's really Probably one, one of the top 30. Yeah, I mean, uh, 40 point per game average in the 1965 playoffs. In the playoffs, not the final, the playoffs, the entire playoffs. Everything I've read and seen about Jerry West would lead me to believe that he's he clearly belongs in this conversation. Yeah. You know. Number nineteen, just ahead of Jerry West, Dirk Nowitzki. Well, based on the the fact that he just eclipsed twenty eight thousand points. He's clearly the best international player to ever play the game. Yeah. If you don't consider Tim Duncan an international player, that's a kind of a gray area. It's the U.S. Virgin Islands. Right, and he played for the U.S. in the, in the Olympics and all that stuff. So I, I kind of don't think of – I think of Tim Duncan. He was a college player in the U.S. He was from a U.S. territory. I kind of think of him as an American player. I do too. Nowitzki is clearly the best international player of all time. Like, Detlef Schrempp can't carry his jock. No. Drazen Petrovic had a chance to get there if he hadn't died at such a young age. Yeah, you know, it's, it's such a, it's, it is a shame. Um, I don't think you can argue with Nowitzki. And yeah, and he's gonna I, and he's he's still doing it. And he needs to retire. Though. He does. This is it. Like I mean, him and Romo going out together, go do it, man. Your last game together, Romo's on your team. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it would be great. All right, so Nowitzki is number nineteen. Number eighteen, Isaiah Thomas. See, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is better than John Stockton, though. Uh, okay. I mean, he won two titles. I, I understand. The back-to-back titles speak volumes. I know you don't want to put too much on championships, but Stockton did not win one. No, there's a really good reason why he didn't. Yeah. They didn't win one in the two years in between either, though. Well, it's because they had to deal with Akeem and the Rockets. When there's always somebody better than no, I understand. not I, one of the top 30. I, like, I get it. I like, get it. I get it. We couldn't, get it. We couldn't win the title because there was always better players than us. Well, right. guess what? And I like Isaiah. I, well, no, I don't particularly like Isaiah. I'm no one does. I can't stand Isaiah Thomas. He's the New York Knicks. He's a jerk. But he's right where he belongs I, I don't. Think, I don't. I don't think he's 18. I think he's a little bit lower than that. I think he belongs on the list. I just don't think he's 18. I don't know. We should have probably researched career statistics and stuff. It, it makes, Fuck them. You know, number seventeen, Charles Barkley is a freaking beast. Six, six foot, foot six. If you yeah. think that's true, you're yeah. fucking crazy. For a guy to lead the league in rebounding at six foot three in the NBA is just an absurd. Barkley view. used his incredible lower Ass. body strength, aka Ass-size. booty, to become one of the best rebounders in league history. Oh, are you reading the quote? Yeah. Don't let the weight and the Krispy Kreme donuts fool you, though. Charles was a force in the open court, and he absolutely was. When he yeah. was with the Sixers, he could get out on the break. He was athletic. He was fast. He could get up. He could do all that stuff. At the end of his career, he was... He became a three-point shooter. Yeah, he did all those things, yeah. Got away from the... Round mound of rebound. Round mound of rebound. Oh, so, I mean, this is just another guy that, I mean, shoots a... I mean, <laughs> Michael Jordan number one because, I mean, he stood in the way of all these guys. Where, where Charles Barkley... The, 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 Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, 
these guys should have rings. They're that good. Or Jason Kidd. Jason, well, I don't know about Jason Kidd so much. He got yeah, John Stockton, Carl Malone. Carl Malone, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, these guys should all have rings, but Jordan stood in their way. Number 16, Dwayne Wade. Way over it. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yep. You're Pippin Spot. Right. <laughs> if Pippin's 16, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Dwayne Wade? Yeah, he... And... Uh, okay. Where's the guy from? He lives in fucking Miami. <laughs> so, yo, I... Marquette, Wisconsin. Here's the thing. I, I said this before. <laughs> and I didn't think I'd have to repeat myself. But no offense to these guys, because they're great players. Dwayne Wade's not one of the 30 best players. Oh, my ever. God! You know? Okay. I'm going to go right on to the next one, because this is egregiously low, in the my The fact opinion. that these two could be back-to-back is it shows some of the absurdity. Number 15, Carl Malone. I would assume that you're not going to get to anybody ahead of him that I go, damn, Carl really belongs ahead of this guy. That's my only argument. Okay. I'm going to guarantee you that you're wrong. Okay. But, I, and again, all the respect in the world for Carl Malone, he's amazing. Um, number 14, Moses Malone. Okay. Did Carl belong ahead of him? You yes. Know, probably. He's the number three scorer in the history yeah, of the NBA. Yeah. I didn't think they'd get to, to in the top 14 somebody I would have an argument with, to be frank with you. And Moses Malone. Great player. Yeah, great player. But is he, the, is he better than Scott Pippen? I don't Pippen? think he belongs in the top third. Right. Yeah. Like, you're saying, I'd take Mikhail before him. Yeah. I'd take Jason Kidd before him. I'd, I'd take Iverson before him. He's I would certainly take list. Iverson before him. He's not on the list. Could I mention that John Havlicek is not on this list? Wow. Bob Cousy on the list? No. No, he said that. <laughs> also not on the list. They're exactly. I'm assuming we're going to two players who played their entire career with the Celtics on the list: Kevin McHale, Bill Russell. Oh, I'm sorry, three. You're right. I'm sorry, three. Larry Bird and Larry Bird. Yeah. Number thirteen, Julius Irving. That's probably where Dr. J belongs. Yeah, I'm he with was, it. He was also a guy that his importance was beyond his well, basketball team. And I, if, you're make, if you're making this, lead, it, this list in 1988, he's probably third. Third, yeah. Yeah, he's probably third. Like, Dr. J was Jordan before Jordan. Yes. And he carried the ABA. Yes. And he was a huge part of the ABA and NBA merging. He literally, he's like, one of the players that legitimized the ABA yeah. and said, okay, we need to fold this in. Yeah. So his historical importance puts him where he is on the list. Like him right. being in the ABA got the merger. Like, you know, because we want that player. Yeah. And we want that player and that player. The artist Gilmore, you, you Moses can, Malone, a couple other players. But really, Julius was the we guy. We want to market Dr. J. We want that guy. Yeah. And we want him on the Sixers. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we don't want him on the Nets. <laughs> Number 12, Oscar Robinson. I believe it's Robertson. But okay. I, I said Robertson. Okay. I thought I said Robertson. It's not Robinson. It's Robertson. The big O. <laughs> Cincinnati Royals, Milwaukee Bucks. I'd be curious if he hadn't have been for the last 55 years the guy who averaged a triple-double. He's more than that. How we would talk about him, because that's such a huge thing. When you talk about him, it's the, the main thing you talk about. Before Magic Johnson, he is the guy that's, that's the best point guard in the history of the league. Yeah. Before Magic, before John Stockton, before a lot of these other guys. You want to talk about the best guard, it was Oscar Robertson or Bob Cousy, one or the other. Bob Cousy's not on the list. I'm just, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm cheated. 
Number 11. 11. Hakeem Elijahwan. Hakeem is the first or second best center I've ever seen play between him and Shaq. Right. So, yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, Kareem. Kareem is amazing, and we talked earlier about the skyhook. Kareem's legacy is my skyhook was unblockable, and I played for 55 years, so I scored more points well, than he, everybody. He's on the list, he's, right? He's he going to be ahead of – I was just going to say, if he's Way not ahead. in the future on this list, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, but as far as the guys who played the majority of their career in the years, I remember watching Hakeem and, and Shaq. If you were a little bit older, yeah. you would say Kareem. Yeah. Kareem. Because Kareem was that good. Number 10. We're starting off the top 10. San Antonio's own Tim Duncan. And that's a great spot for Tim. He belongs in the top 10. And, and I think number 10 is the perfect spot for him. Because he's, he's not a top 5 guy. But, man. Five titles. Wow, is he great. Yeah. And, just, and just such a great basketball player. And could do it all defensively, offensively. He was a good passer. How much titles did Robinson win before Duncan came? Uh, zero, I believe. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it was none. Yeah. Just saying. All right. All right. He was also on the list, but Bob Cousy wasn't. Number nine, Bill Russell. It's got to be too low. I mean, the guy won 10 championships. Or 11. 11. I'm sorry, you're right. 11 in 13 seasons, including one as a player coach. <clears throat> Bill Russell is the greatest defender in the history of this league. He literally... Changed the way basketball was played. At number nine, you've arrived at guys who have an argument to be number one. Yes. He's too low. Way too low. Because there's an argument that he's number one. Directly ahead of Bill Russell at number eight is Larry Bird. It should be Will Chamberlain because the two of them should be next to each other. That's one way or the other. And I think Larry's low. There's a better, better small forward in the league right now than Larry Bird. LeBron's numbers and Larry Bird's numbers are very similar. Larry's are actually a little better through the, for, through the same amount of time in his career. A little bit better. Not, not monumentally, but a little bit. They're very similar. And I'll tell you this. Larry Bird was not the athletic specimen that LeBron James is. No, that's true. At all. And he has the it was same his, scoring average. It was his average, goddamn slow white foot speed the same that stopped rebounding. the Celtics from winning championships. Negative. Oh, wait. Negative. They won three. <laughs> when the Lakers were the Lakers. It was all the slow white guys that stopped them from being good. You're, you're absolutely right. The slow-footed yeah. white guys. You can't win no championships with all these slow white guys. Directly ahead of Larry Bird is Shaquille O'Neal. Again, that's probably the spot for Shaq. The, that's that's my Shaq. argument why Larry, Larry Bird is a better basketball player than Shaquille O'Neal. Well, Bill, Bill Russell. Bill Russell's a better basketball player than Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm not saying Shaquille shouldn't be seventh, because I think you're absolutely right. I just, all right, I'm good. I'm not going to say it anymore, because I'm just going to go on. Number six, Wilt Chamberlain. So, back to Shaq, real quick, because you just kind of glossed over Shaq. Shaq's like, the greatest. I love Shaq so much. I really do. The, the thing with him is he's underrated because so many people just go, oh, he's only good because he's bigger than you. You know? And it's like, No. He was a really freaking good basketball player. He was player. a very good he basketball player. He was not a good shooter. He understood basketball. He was a great defender. Great footwork. Great footwork. He was so coordinated. As a guy, his, that's why. It wasn't because he was so big. 300-pound so, ballerina out there. Right. Yeah, he could the, run the floor. The, like. Oh, my God. The footwork <laughs> and the basketball IQ, knowing where to be. He was actually a, He's an underrated passer. Yep. He was a very good passer of the basketball for a guy who was 7'2 and weighed 318 pounds. He just... 
could abuse the double team instead of passing out of it. Right. Right. You know, if his free throw percentage was like at 80, 80 plus percent. Uh, if he was, if, if he was, was at 63%. Percent, you know, right. He could have scored thousands more points if he Correct. shot 70% from the line. And, and Will at number six. I mean, I don't know. There's there's another guy. Now, Shaq, you cannot make <coughs> the argument that Shaq's the best player in this. No. You can, you can make, make the argument that Will's the best player in the league, so he probably belongs higher than six. Yeah. Because the next guy up belongs higher than number five. LeBron James. You can make the argument that LeBron James is the best player in the history of the league. So, fifth. Yeah, probably fifth. shouldn't be fifth. And you can probably imagine in your head the guys who are ahead of him now. Who well, are gonna it's going like, to be Jordan and Magic for two or two of them off the top of my head. Number four, Kobe Bryant. I put LeBron ahead of Kobe. Correct. Now Kobe has the five titles, which carries I, Kobe's legacy. Kobe has zero titles. Zero. If he doesn't play with Shaq and Pau Gasol. Correct. So if Kobe, back to my original argument about this list, Kobe is good enough that if he's the best player on your team, you can win a title. But he never did he it. He never did it. Never did it. Well, no, no, no. I think no, no, no. He no. won two was the best player. Right. Yeah, but, he was, but, he was but when the, those first three titles, Shaq was the guy. Those, yeah. That was Shaq's team. Yeah. Shaq drove those championships. So if you want to put Kobe here and the argument being he won five titles, I would give you... I'd rather have LeBron, who gets the finals every year, as the best player on this team than Kobe, who won three as the second best player. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think this is extremely appropriate. Yep. I think that the player ahead of him should Wait, be LeBron James. You're going to have Magic at number two all time? Magic can't shoot an 18-footer. We love Magic. But number two, Irvin Magic Johnson, he is not the we second do, best player. We're just watching this Celtics-Lakers game and going, you do not have to guard Magic. And we were having the conversation off air of what do the Golden State Warriors of today's basketball do against these two teams. As we're watching the Celtics and the Lakers fast break each other into oblivion up and down the court, yeah. while at the same time playing amazing defense. In an 88-degree gym, by the but way. But what they don't do <laughs> is shoot long shots, ever. And so right. my argument to Tom was, they can't guard the three-point line, and the Warriors would win There's by literally three points at a time. Three guys in the entire game. This is the game seven of the 1984 NBA Finals. There's three guys in the entire game who will shoot a shot more than 25 feet away, and it's Michael Cooper, Byron Scott, and Larry Bird, and that's the only three. Ainge, Ainge will occasionally, but he's not going to do it to the to the volume that Bird and the other two yeah. will. Like Byron Scott will literally will not pass up a shot if he's open. Yeah, and he shouldn't because he's a great shooter. Yeah, same with Cooper. And Cooper's the same way, and Bird's the same way. Magic Johnson will look at a wide-open 18-footer and say, where am I going with this ball? Because yep. he's not shooting that shot because he's not going to make it. He's not going to make that shot. He has, like, it's a, he's like Jason Kidd but bigger and better. Like, he's got all, a lot of the same attributes as Kidd, and this is no knock to either of them, however you want to take it. Like, great rebounder, great passer, great in the open court, great defender, great at stealing the ball. Can't shoot. Not a great personally – a great offensive player right. for his own offense. Like, he can break you down off the dribble, take you to the hole and get two. Yeah. And and get the or foul. find Kareem or find right. any of these other But he's guys. not going to, like, jab step you and then drop a 20-footer on your head. He's never never going to do that. And you have him at number two on the There's list. There's no argument When a vastly me. superior skilled basketball player who can guard all five positions on the yeah. floor. You can't argue to me that Magic's better than LeBron. There's no way... There's no way Magic Johnson's better than LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Larry Bird or Wilt Chamberlain. He's like the eighth best player on this list. For the 18th time, I'm going to say, no offense to Magic. Magic is a great basketball player. Great guy. Everything about Magic I like. 
but he's not the second best basketball player. Never in the history of the league, mind you. John Havlicek's not on the fucking list. <laughs> he's not on the list. Kevin McHale's on the list. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy's also not on the list. If you hadn't heard, Bob Allen Iverson not be on the list. Is Allen Iverson isn't on the list. It's not on the list. If you want to see something stupid, look at the roster he took to the finals. Oh, my God. Seriously. Eric, Eric Snow was on that roster. He was Eric a Snow starter. Eric Snow was the second best player on the team. He's a starter. No, legit, the second best player on the team was Aaron McKee. Yes. Seriously. Yes. yes. That's, and that's not a joke. And, and, and they won a game. The first one. <laughs> they were ahead in the finals. Like, they won a game at L.A. Yeah, they won the first game of the won, And he stepped over Tyron Lue. That was the best. <laughs> So good. The looks down. All right, Michael Jordan's number one. I mean, there's just no question. I mean, literally. But what Mike said earlier about LeBron being number five, he literally that you can really make the argument that guy's the best player in the league history. But Jordan's the guy. Jordan's the guy. Okay, Jordan. I I am not going to argue. Back to what I said earlier. I mean, he shattered so much, so many dreams. Oh my god, Craig Elo. Oh, I don't know how he didn't kill himself. Jordan, shot on Ela. <laughs> I don't know, arguably, I mean, huge problems too. I mean, do you remember when Mark could have shattered Drex, uh, Clyde Drexler and Nakeem Olajuwon's dreams too? Do you, they never do you remember when Mark Price was a thing? Mark Price, the all-time leading free throw shooter in the history of the league. Ever. <laughs> right, but do you remember when Mark Price? Hey, Mark Price is a good basketball player. He's up against Jordan in the first round of the playoffs. The yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago. Never mind. Yeah. We won't talk about Mark Price. Oh my God! Yeah, he's a dream crusher. That's that's the best way. That's to absolutely true. What it is? I'm, so I'm looking. So many people on this list just got their dreams. Dad. Jordan was the ultimate competitor. Like he would make up reasons why he hated you. Every single person were like, hey, he probably could have been higher if he just won a title. They all didn't win titles because of Jordan. <laughs> because of Jordan. <laughs> uh, just just a just a uh, sidebar. Uh, Larry Bird in his career head to head against Michael Jordan. Uh, 22 and 11. 22 wins, 11 losses against Jordan. I would guess Magic had a winning record against Jordan, too. He lost in the finals. He did in the finals. He lost in the finals. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, they didn't play each other that much because they weren't in the same conference. Yeah, they only played, played twice a year. year yeah. uh, whereas Jordan and Bird played, you four know, four to, yeah, four times a year. Well, plus playoffs. Plus playoffs, where Jordan dropped 60. Where Jordan got beat a lot. A by, lot. By the Celtics. Uh, as a matter of fact, he never beat the Celtics in the playoffs. Because by the time that Jordan and the Bulls were really good, the Celtics were just not very good. Because Larry had to retire because he had a bad back. So I'm trying to think of people in my era of watching basketball who belonged on the list that aren't on it. Like Iverson is the biggest glaring of the people. Omission. Iverson is very underappreciated, in my opinion. Maybe yeah. a lot of it is because his background, he's kind of thuggy or whatever. Right. And so, but it, you get kind of the. The average, you know, forty-something white sports fan who's like the average. I don't like that guy. He's got a rap album and he wears do rags. We talking about practice? Like I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice, not a game, right? Not the game, practice, right? So that's that's and he had a rap album, which wasn't very good. All that aside, he was awesome. My God, what a great play! And he went to Georgetown. And so if I'm telling Ugh. you that a Georgetown player belongs on the list and they're not, I'm, let me just tell you they belong on that goddamn yeah. list. Um, but Kevin Durant probably belongs on the list. Among, I would agree among current NBA players. Um, 
I'm trying to think of guys who played from like 2000 to like Steve Nash is a three-time fucking MVP and he's not on this list. I'm sorry, two-time MVP. You're right. He, and he doesn't deserve either of the MVP awards he has. <laughs> no, and he, he doesn't deserve the list. list. But wait, Shaq should have had the one, and then not Steve Nash. Not yeah, really, yeah, for uh, real. I don't remember who should have had. Look them. at this what little white Canadian Shaft. guy. How so amazing cute. is that? That's Claire amazing, right? Uh, <laughs> like Shaq should have had one. T Mac. <laughs> No. McGrady went first ballot Hall of Fame this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. T-Mac was a great player. Vince Carter, yeah. you know, probably not top 30, though. No, nah, I wouldn't think Vince Carter's top 30. I mean, I love Vince Carter, yeah. though. Man, when Vince Sanity was going on. Blaine? Yes, yeah. from yeah. Memphis this yeah. year. Yeah, he'll be in the playoffs. He's been effective this year. Yeah. He's, a, he's always... He, I love me some Vince Carter. I think he's just great. I just... Yeah. I really do. I think he's... That team that he was on in North Carolina with Anton Jameson, man, were they good. Great. I mean, they won the title. I mean, they were good. They were real good. All right, we got some uh, other new arena things we're going to do coming up. We've got rank. We might do What do you this. think is the most glaring thing about I mean, I guess you. So Don Havlicek not being on the list. Did I mention that he wasn't on it? So you think it's the omission of Havlicek and Kuzi? I, I, not so much. I would say this. Not so much Kuzi. Okay. But Havlicek. Fucking John Havlicek is not on this list. It, it just. it. And Jason Kidd is. Okay. You know what I mean? And John Havlicek. Havlicek steals the ball. I mean, this guy was an all-time great basketball player, and and he's got to be one of the 30 best players of all time. If Bob Pettit's on the list, why did Bob Pettit not win a lot of championships? Because John Havlicek existed. I would think that there's well, Bill Russell more, of the, so more of the Bill Russell Celtics players. <laughs> well, you would think Tiny Archibald, maybe, maybe I, but I mean, but I don't know enough again. I know, I may not watch them play. I know. Um, well, most of those guys made like the you know the 75th anniversary list. Right. Right. Just I mean, you could. I mean, Pat Ewing's yeah. probably not a 30 best player of nope, all time. Um, I probably watch more games of Patrick Ewing than just about any other player, and I can tell you, you don't belong. <laughs> I mean, Hakeem at 11 is kind of low to me. But, I mean, and then you look at the guys ahead of him. And I'm like, I would reorder the top, top 10, but I, do, I, don't, I don't. I don't know that I'm jumping any of them with Hakeem. I suppose you could make the argument maybe Tim Duncan. Yeah, maybe. But Tim Duncan's got five titles. Yeah, but. And he was the best player on the Spurs for 15 two, years. Two, but he, I two think, guys from the Showtime boy, Lakers. Sir. I'll tell you what. If you want to. Man, do you want to watch two guys work in the post? How about Tim Duncan versus Hakeem Olajuwon in their prime? Wow. What a battle! Both so good on both ends. Of the what court. a battle that would have been, huh? Um, yeah, I I think I would have put, like I said, Magic probably is the eighth best player, and you've got to bump everyone. I mean, yeah. Bird goes up to like sixth. I think you leave Shaq at seven. Wilt's got to be in the top five. LeBron's number two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you got to put Bill Russell in the top two. I don't think so. I, just because he wasn't a great think, offensive player. Do you player? think Will Chamberlain was a better player than Russell? Because you can look aside from the titles. Yeah, I, me, I think he was an individual player. I except think he was every time they matched up, Bill Russell won. Bill Russell always had the better team. He always had the better team, and he could he could let Wilt go off for forty and still control the game enough to the point where the Celtics would win. Dwayne Wade's on the list. A word. I mean, <laughs> that's the one. Allen Iverson's not on the list. The worst one on the whole list is Dwayne Wade. It's awful. And I like Dwayne Wade. No, nah, I think it's Jason. I, I would. I would agree. I would disagree. I would think that Jason Kidd should be the first guy kicked off that list. Okay, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. 
I like Mikhail on the list, but that's because I'm a Celtics homer. I love that guy. I'm okay with Mikhail on the list. Such a skilled block yeah. player. Just all right. So we're gonna we're gonna take another break because we gotta because we only got like 14 minutes left and I got something to do. But that's okay. It's gonna be short. Um, we got some lists coming up from New Era. Just just New Arena. Here's the rank. We're gonna look at probably in the near future because the NBA draft's coming up. Ranking the NBA's past 20 number one overall players. Of number one overall picks. Also, here's one. Maybe you guys want to do this one. No, maybe not. Ranking all 12 members of the 1992 Dream Team from worst well, to first. I, I see Christian now. Lee. Who's number 12? <laughs> <laughs> Who's number one? I wonder if it's Jordan. Yeah. Well, based on that list, it might be Magic. <laughs> I bet you Magic's number two. two. <laughs> Even though there were other better guys on that team. Oh, here's another 30. Clyde Drexler's not on the 30 grade. That was one that I was going to come out with when yeah. we were talking about it. Yeah. Um, Clyde Drexler, wow. He's such a far step below Jordan and Kobe as far as a shooting guard, though. Yeah, but he can't, He was a different era kind of guy, I guess. Wow, and here's another one we might look at. Every NBA franchise's all-time starting five. That's interesting, except the Lakers and Celtics are as far as you have to go. Well, yeah, I mean, here, I'll just give you this one. We'll, we'll probably get into it later, but the New Orleans Pelicans. Your starting five starts with Tyreek Evans. <laughs> they're playing now! Eric Gordon. Like, they're not even a 500 team in today's NBA. Rajul Butler, David West, and Anthony Davis. This, That's, so this is before DeMarcus Cousins got traded there. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't count him in there yet, but still. Rajul I mean, Butler is like, he's... He's going to be telling his grandkids that he made that list. Right? He's right. like a journeyman <laughs> NBA player, you know? This is, a, this is an 18-win team. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, not, they're not even a 500 team in today's NBA. And then the number 29 is Milwaukee. Sidney Moncrief, Michael Redd, Glenn Robinson, Marcus Johnson, and Bob, Bob Lanier, and fucking Oscar Robinson's not, not Robertson is not on the list. Neither is Kareem. So they must be on the list for other teams. You can only make – yeah, but Robertson's probably not. Who that? He played no, for the Cincinnati I'm, I'm, fucking Royals. It's, Sacramento Kings, maybe, I guess. All right, but we'll get into that list at some other time. Guys, we're going to take a break. (laughs) When we come back, I'm going to say a special farewell to a guy who's very special to me. He's my good friend, Antonio. I'll talk to you about it in just a minute. We'll be back right here on the Fanspeak Radio Network.
it. Come original, you got to come original. I'll entertain us. Come original, you got to come original. You got to come original. I'll entertain us. Who I? Funk slap bass mixed with the dance hall and hip hop beats and funk guitar and deadly on the mic with one S. starting five for every NBA team ranked from 30 to 1, because that's how you rank there's, them. There's a couple things on the list that I think are dumb in the way they did it. And first is, guys should be able to be on more than one team. Like, Shaq was the best center for more than one team. Right. You know, and or actually... No, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He was he only was the best only center the for best. Orlando. Right. He was only and, the best. Which is not the team they put him on. Right. And you should have to have... A point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. Right. Now, you can't whatever put, five dudes you want. You can't put Kareem and Shaq on the same all-time five because they played the same damn position. And you can't even act like one might be a power forward. And like the Pistons team had three point guards and two small, two power forwards. Yeah. Who couldn't shoot, by the way. Right. But anyway, we'll get into that next week. <laughs> right now, it's our last segment, and this is one thing. Actually, this was something that I I I had on the list a while ago. Because I thought for sure this was going to happen a while ago, and the segment basically on the on our rundown it, it, it's entitled "Duckman Says Goodbye to Tony Romo." Because Tony Romo, if you're unaware, has been the franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for the better part of the last decade. Actually, since 2007, he was 10 years at the helm in Dallas, and there were a lot of years that Dallas didn't have very good football teams, but Tony Romo carried them. A lot farther than they should have gone. Uh, Romo never won a title. He never really never got, got close. to the conference finals. Never really got close to it. But there were some eight and eight football teams that he played on that really should have been four and twelve football teams because their defenses were really bad and their offensive lines were not very good and they didn't really have much of a running game. And all they had was some receivers. Now he always had receivers. Always had receivers. He had Terry Glenn. He had Terrell Owens. He had Jason Witten his entire career. And he had Des Bryant. 
And then later on, Terrence Williams has been a serviceable receiver for him. He's always had serviceable other guys, in addition right. to a good one and two guy. Yeah. And his one year that he really got to play against a fully developed offensive line that could protect him and give him time in 2014, he had his best year. He was in the MVP conversation. Like, he really legitimately had a case for MVP. And they went 12-4, and four, and they won the division – uh, and that wasn't his best record. He just caught the ball. And, yeah, literally he got a little bit robbed by a lot in Green Bay. It's like when you go to Green Bay, you learn new rules if you're the Dallas Cowboy. Oh, that's a rule. That's oh, cool. Could an email in. Right, if someone going to email, I, 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 you know, honestly, if I would have thought about it, I should have emailed. You, did you not notice that he took three steps? I mean, he did take. Everybody else did. He took. Th- he caught the ball, took three steps, and then. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but anyway, so I am now saying goodbye to Tony Romo. Now, Tony Romo, for a lot of people, you know. Is a goat. And I don't mean greatest of all time. No, I mean, he has those moments, okay. But he's that. Okay, first of all, I, I've never understood the hatred of Tony Romo. People just hate him. And why? Why do they hate him? Because instead of being the best quarterback in the league, he was the fifth best. No, they hate him because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, there's that. Okay. I thought you meant Dallas Cowboys. Literally, this is a guy who you should have always been celebrating. Because here's the kid who was a de- undrafted Eastern Illinois kid. Even before that, coming yeah. out of high school, nobody wanted him. He sent a tape to Eastern Illinois. He had a coach at Eastern Illinois, a quarterback's coach, basically begged the head coach, can we give this guy a contract, a scholarship? Because I think he's going to be okay. And he's like, well, we'll give him a partial deal. We'll give him a partial ride. He's got to pay some of his own way. He goes to that school and wins the Walter Payton Award, which, by the way, for Division I AA, which it was at the time, that's the Heisman fucking trophy. You're the best player in the division. Okay. He took that team to places they'd never been. And then he comes out of there and nobody wants him out of – he doesn't get invited to the combine. He doesn't have all these visits and people work him out, but not anything serious. And he doesn't get drafted. It's <coughs> less money from Dallas, although we're talking small, small change. Yeah, it, is, it was small like change. He got a $10,000 signing bonus. And the only reason he went there is because Sean Payton – Knew him from Eastern Illinois. Because Sean Payton went to Eastern yeah. Illinois. He was a quarterback at Eastern Illinois. And he said to Parcells, hey, we should sign this guy. This guy's good. He's good. He'll be okay. He's got a lot of work to do, but he'll be okay. Yeah. He, he could be a backup in this league. And Parcells said, okay, Sean, I trust, I trust him. And he brings him in, and Parcells start. you know, Tony is a hard worker. So here's a kid he's never got the shot out of high, out of high school. He didn't get the shot out of college. He works really hard. And the and the starting quarterback goes down, and this kid goes in there, and he just starts lighting it up. Who, who was it, Bledsoe? It was Bledsoe. Okay. Bledsoe, my guy. <laughs> starts all the good careers. Seriously, dude. Think about this. <laughs> follow, follow me. No, no, come be my backup. There's a, there's a future in it, for real. <laughs> Tom Brady and Tony Romo. Growing up, Bledsoe is my favorite player. <laughs> Word. And he, he gave way to two of the better quarterbacks of the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because of injury. When he got hurt and they started playing Brady, I was pissed. When they didn't bring Bledsoe back. He's ready! When he was healthy, I was like, He's ready! Just play Bledsoe! What are you doing? You're going to ride this kid? He's no good. 
This kid's garbage. Sixth round draft pick for yeah. Christ's sake. Same thing happened in, in, in Dallas. And I'll tell you what. I, I, I and I'm not trying to toot my own ring. I had I had just heard things about people the that year, two thousand six, which is when he eventually took over when, when Bledsoe got hurt. I had heard things. Hey, this Romo kid, he looks good. He could be good. And I watched a couple of preseason games, he looked okay. And I, I told friends of mine, I was like, don't be surprised if Tony Romo ends up being the starter on this team because I don't I didn't think Bledsoe had a future with the Cowboys just because at the end it was the end of his career he really couldn't move they weren't competing for a championship and he was not a mobile quarterback yeah. and he really was just a detriment to the team at that point yeah because they had no offensive line to speak of. their offensive line was older aging not as good and so Romo got in and he was everything I ever thought he would be as much as he had his bad moments he was for a lot of years, the most exciting player in football. He would make these plays where you're just like, how did he make that happen? There's a lot of Brett Favre in him. Absolutely a lot. And they're on purpose because he's from Wisconsin, and he and he definitely played Eliza's Favre. Yeah, he was a Packers fan who liked Favre a lot. And he, he, You want to you see a great Brett Favre impersonation, like a dead-on impersonation of Brett Favre? Tony Romo's got it. He's your Favre, like from the point where he's flicking the ball back and forth and being that cock. I mean, he does he does Favre perfectly. Nice. And there was a lot of Brett Favre in him. And the the thing that separates him from Favre is a the longevity of their careers because Favre played for a very long time, and he never ever 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 missed a game, never. And Tony had some injuries, and Tony played through a lot of injuries. But he had some injuries you can't play through. Well, you can't play through broken collarbones and stuff like you that. You can't play through a broken pinky on your throwing hand. I remember when he broke his pinky. And, of course, I lived in New York. A lot of Giants fans oh, he's a pussy. He can't play. It's a fucking broken pinky on his fucking throwing hand. Yeah, right. It's not that he can't play through the fucking pain. You have a splint on your fucking pinky, and you're supposed to grab a football and throw it down the field 40 yards on a dime. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <clears throat> he breaks it. He breaks his breaks his ribs. Punctures along against the 49ers, Comes back in that game. Ties it up and wins it in overtime. And and, is it, and there's plenty of instances of Tony doing this. He has 25 fourth quarter or overtime game winning drives. Come from behind. In 78 wins. 79 and 48. A very good career winning percentage. He just didn't get a lot of. As many opportunities as some other guys. Was he two and four in the playoffs or something like? He was two and four. So he went to the playoffs four times. He won two games and lost four. I mean, pretty much everyone who goes to the playoffs every year, except for one guy, is losing. Yeah, he's going to get at least one L that year. Um, So he only got and and like the year when they played Brett Favre in the divisional round when he was with the Vikings, the Cowboys' offensive line was horrendous. They should never have been that far, but they got there because of Tony Romo and their passing game. And so now Tony Romo's retired, uh, which, to be honest with you, I'm actually kind of really happy. I don't want to. See, I didn't want to see Tony Romo in another uniform because you're going to root for him and you want to root for him. Yeah, but you want Romo to do it. And I also didn't want to see him go out there and look bad. Not even just look bad, but get hurt again. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because his back is an issue. And I think at the end of the day, someone asked, actually, someone, Dave, David Bond, 
good guy, works with us closely in all of our dealerships, and he's also a Cowboys fan, more more because I think because they draft a lot of Boise State Broncos, and he's a big Boise State he's guy. Boise, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a Boise guy. So he asked me, so what do you think Romo's going to do? I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I think he's going to retire and take a broadcasting job. I think, I just at that time, I just felt like that's what was going to happen, because it just seemed like it was going to happen. And it did. And so now Tony Romo has retired, and he's going to be on your television set every Sunday afternoon for the next 20 fucking years. So all you Romo haters, get fucking used to it. He's in your fucking grill every Sunday for the rest of your fucking life. Ha, fuckers! Ha! (laughs) And all you Giants fans, guess who they fired to fucking give him a job? Your boy, Phil Simms. See you, Phil! That was garbage. Yeah, garbage. He was He was 22 or 25. Get used to it. Get used to Romo. All right, guys. That's my goodbye to Tony Romo. I love you, buddy. You gave me so many great memories. Really wish he would have won a title, but it didn't happen. It's okay. Brett wouldn't have won one either. Right, if it wasn't for Reggie. Reggie uh, well, and uh, Drew Bledsoe. Reggie White. Again, right? <laughs> and Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Oh, my God. But no, if it wasn't for Reggie White in that Green Bay Packers defense, yeah. Brett Favre's not winning that title. And Bledsoe was bad. And Bledsoe was not a good. It was not good. But thank I you, had Tony. To leave for a minute. Thank you, thank you, Tony. <laughs> Return the kickoff for a touchdown. Oh my God, Desmond Howard won the MVP. He deserved it. He did. So guys, this has been a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed your. Uh, I hope if you listen to us, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fun. It's I think fun. Mike enjoyed yeah. it. It's good to have the gang back together. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to be going over <laughs> some really good lists. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but in the meantime, remember to check out fanspeak.com. There's a fa- uh, football fans online uh, toolbox. Uh, get on there. Do your mock drafts because the draft's coming up, and we're going to. You can be wrong about everything, just like Mel Kuyper. <laughs> He's got to. He has to resign next year. I'll hold him to it. I'm gonna. All right, but anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. I'm gonna send an email. Yeah, I'm gonna send an email to Mel Kiper, Jimmy Clausen thing. Remember the Jimmy Clausen? Oh, word! They have to fire him next year. This is bossy. Unless Jimmy Clausen comes out, Mister Disney. If 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 Jim Jimmy Clausen comes out and like wins the NFL MVP this year, I think it's the only. I want you to fire (laughs) Mel Kiper Jr. because because he he said so. Because he said so. He said it, and it's not true. So bye. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. And uh, this has been uh, Sports and Beer with Friends. Thanks, guys. Peace.